The following podcast contains mature language and potential spoilers. Listener discretion is advised by my father. My father has warned you of the mature language and potential spoilers. No woman, no cry. No Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm the League of Machine. With me is... Diablo Frank. And... Mr. Fixer. And today we're going to talk about Marvel Studios' Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever! Also known as Mucho, Mucho Namor. So this is a movie that came out... Uh, when did this come out? Uh, November. November 2022. Nothing like that. Okay. Quite successful. I, I remember we, we hung out together last weekend. Oh, and, man. And you were like... Whiff on that. <laughs> I almost snorted when you're like, so how is this movie... Like, Has it done as well as Black Adam? Has, has it, how, how, you know, how's it doing against Black Adam? And I was just like... <laughs> Because like, like, what? like the, the entire like the first weekend of Wakanda Forever demolished the entire run of Black Adam. Yeah, there and was, then and like the week, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. And then all this week they've been talking about how wow, Black Adam is kind of a failure, isn't it? Yeah, and we're never going to do a sequel to this movie, and it didn't relaunch the DCU yet again. Boy, we hope James Gunn and Peter Safran get this shit together. So yeah, no. And then of course there's also like if you go to YouTube, all the people talking about what a complete disaster Wakanda Forever is, but it's still like I, I think it's about to overtake Doctor Strange in the mouth. The Multiverse of Madness in domestic gross. Uh, it's going to have to chase after a little bit for global, but domestically, I think it's already done better. And so, and to date, that's the best Marvel movie of 2022 in terms of box mm-hmm. office, uh, which says something about some of the other Marvel movies that came out this year. But yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. It's Wakanda Forever is going to make plenty of money, and it's definitely not a disaster. So, suck it, weirdos on the internet who were rooting against this movie and uh, for reasons that were not appropriate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, uh, well, I don't know. We'll probably touch on this at some point. So, how did we? How did we watch this film? Hey, uh, Mr. Fixer. Yeah, 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 Staggered. Staggered would be a definitely well, no, a, a... You go first. I want to see how you saw it compared to I. I don't know if I can say it. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he saw it oh, in, in, in a I method. I saw it. Oh. I saw it. Yeah. And, hey, and, Mr. Fixer, how about you? How did you... <laughs> well, I mean, people made note that we were a little bit delayed in talking about Wakanda forever. And you might wonder why that would be. And I'll tell you, it's entirely Mr. Fixer's fault. So... As usual. Fix it. How's it my fault? Fix it was, of course, going to see this thing opening weekend, opening day. He had to... 
because he saw it that Thursday and that Friday he left the fucking country for a long time. And then by the time he came back, Thanksgiving, okay, well, we can't get together for Thanksgiving. We're obviously off doing shit with our families. And then just shit kept coming up. And then the weekend we were going to record on it finally. Okay, it's a little bit Max's fault too because he had said, okay, well, I think we've got somebody to watch the kids like the second weekend of the movie. So you and I and and, and, and Mrs. Mac will go see it together, you know, next weekend. And then you didn't get the sitter. Yeah. And then you finally said, oh, well, we could see it Sunday night at eight o'clock. And it's like a three hour fucking movie. And I'm like, I'm not going to your yeah. side of town. We do not live close together at all. Yeah. So I'm not driving all the way to your side of town to watch a three hour movie. And, and we lost and our then, sitter that night too. And you lost the sitter anyway. Yeah. I did, it just kept getting deferred. And I finally sort of gave up on seeing it theatrically. But, you know, I'd, I'd seen Mr. Fix It the previous weekend. He had told me pretty much what he thought about the movie and things he wanted to talk about. He was very excited about talking about the movie. So I was like, okay. So the following weekend, I went with my gal, Miss Paquita, and we watched the movie and then something came up and we didn't record. <laughs> so so that's that's why we've been delayed this long. Is it's a little bit everybody, but most of Mr. Fix It. Who's still fucking around on this phone? So I don't know what you're doing. Are you still are you, you were still yelling at us to start shit? this podcast and you will no, not get off your long, phone? Man, I'm tired of it. Oh, get out of this. Shut the fuck up. And so it's still gonna be Mr. Fix's fault. We're gonna put out the five minute episode where we explain why we don't have Wakanda forever and then we'll so, so how did you see Wakanda forever? It was a theater. Okay. You saw it alone? Yeah, of course. Oh, don't say why, of course. Why, that's of course. the saddest shit I've ever fucking heard, dude. There's nothing wrong with seeing a movie on your own. I didn't say it, there it, was. I mean, that's when my girlfriend refuses to see a movie on her own. And it's like, but don't drag me to see, like, I saw way too many damned Harry Potters theatrically because she dragged me to that shit. Go see your movie alone if you want to see it. Do you know what I think? Don't the, torture somebody. You know what I think the very first movie I ever saw by myself was? Probably a porn. In the theater? Theatrical. He's not fucking Paul Rubens. Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, he got a bad rap. He did. He really did. Come on. You can tell what a different time than 90s. It was Freddy were. versus Jason. Oh, yeah? I don't think I can I saw find. that with you, right? Yeah. Fix? We yeah. saw that together. With, and, with, with, and then after Freddy versus Jason, I parked. Uh, so you I, usually I saw, saw stuff with uh, Ween and stuff, right? I don't know. No, or me. I saw, I just stuff with you guys. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff with me too. Yeah, movies and with us, my yeah. family. Gross. <laughs> um, no, I went to. Uh, I, I was at AMC Thirty, and I would always go over to that CarMax and just walk around and look at cars. Mm -hmm. And when I was walking to the CarMax, there's a big field. So it's AMC Thirty, a field, then Home Depot, and then CarMax. When I was walking through the field, I dropped my keys oh, in the field and had to go find them <laughs> in a gigantic like acre sized field like try and figure out but I realized I dropped them when I got into the Home Depot parking lot so I literally had to like turn around and try and figure out what was the exact way I like just like you're walking walked. through a fucking minefield yeah and it was crazy cra I, I finally found them but it was like this. it was a crazy night and if I would have seen the movie with other people they could have helped, helped, helped me yeah. look yeah. Yeah, I found them or they'd have driven you to your car to pick drop you yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was awful anyway or I wouldn't have probably I wouldn't have walked over there to look at cars like some <laughs> right. that I can't afford because it was a poor anyway solo movies anyway yeah. <laughs> okay so you, you saw it by yourself uh, was it packed or not packed people in there people out in there I would say about 90% packed okay which in the COVID era is probably pretty good for a movie yeah. right yeah. Like, have you been to a movie in the COVID era where the, the theater was completely full no not that I think have of. you been to a movie that was more full than Wakanda forever in that period what about yes when I saw Doctor Strange okay so but there's Strange. another Marvel movie Spider-Man was pretty full too oh yeah Spider-Man yeah, no Spider that was 100% packed. packed yeah like, okay so yeah those movies were pretty I mean Marvel movies will bring in the crowds but right. I mean we went to go see what did we see Black Widow we were the only two <laughs> yeah, we were the only ones there. And that was cool. I, I actually went. What movie did I send y'all pictures? Where I was like, I was like me and like some other 
guy was in the theater. There was another movie that came out. Oh, Black Adam? No, I saw that with you, Jay. Was, oh, we did see that together, yeah, didn't we? we? Saw yeah, it together. There was like nobody. I mean, there was some people. There's there. a few people. There, there was maybe, what, 10 people total, you yeah. think? I went to go see another movie, and I remember sending y'all pictures because I was in the theater by myself, like, yeah, right up to like, right before they're going to start showing, like, the trailers for the popcorn and shit. Well, that was and weird. And then a couple walked in. So, like, we had gotten, you know, I've always seen everything's assigned seating now, right? And so we got our seats, and nobody's around us, and there's nobody else in the row. And so when we get in the theater, by the time we got there, my, you know, she was afraid that we were going to miss trailers. I'm like, this movie's going to be over three hours with the fucking trailers. I don't care if we miss fucking yeah. trailers. But we didn't. But the lights were down because they were showing Maria Munoz and bullshit, yeah. yeah. you know? So I'm not worried about finding the exact assigned seats. We just plop down right around the middle and shit. And we're with not that many people because we're weeks into the movie showing at this point. So again, there's maybe like another eight people total in the theater, like, or maybe eight total. And then throughout the trailers, people started trickling in. But what was really weird is even into the movie, people were coming in and like well into the movie, like probably a quarter into the movie, oh, really? a mass of people came in. You know, it's like, why are you coming in this fucking late? You know, it's crazy. But the thing that really got to us, two things. One, is that somebody brought their entire fucking family and like the row ahead of us, it was like half the row was full of these people in the same family, including small children who were talking through the opening section. And secondly, people started coming into the, the row that we were in. And so I, I, I like, when people, when it started to fill out, I was like, we better check and make sure in the right seat. And it just so happened, I got my phone back on again because I turned my phone off for theaters because I'm a grown ass person who does what you're supposed to do. So by the time the phone do you return your cart at a grocery store? I do. I am that Thank guy. Yes. Good Lord. In fact, I'm the guy who'll grab a couple of carts on the way to Take the him return. With yeah. I'm the exact same. Um, I managed to get the phone back on and get some kind of light just in time for like, by like 30 seconds to a minute to find our appropriate seating, move over. And then these people carts started coming in and were probably sitting in the seats that we had been in that we'd vacated. So uh, by the time it was all said and done, at least a third full, if not half full. And again, this is a movie that's yeah. like a month out or more. So it's it's definitely still bringing people in. So it has staying power yeah yeah so carry on sir what do you want to talk about uh well i mean we can talk about do how, how do you want to approach this mac uh you, you can be the mc on this let one. me see if i can give uh, one of my my super fast minute long uh things okay chadwick boseman's fucking dead so t'challa's dead we got a funeral we have shuri wrestling with the death of her brother because she was trying to save him couldn't do it namor is there namor's then not there the namor's there can get into wakanda they didn't think he'd get in wakanda he got into wakanda so then they're like trying to get everybody together to fight namor Namor? Well, Namor... I'm losing is, the thread a little bit with what happened in the middle of the movie. Yeah, we're, getting, we're getting a little muddy here. Yeah. So, basically, well, nobody knew that Vibranium existed, mm-hmm. except for maybe Howard Stark, since I thought there was some, some Vibranium Well, the U.S. Caps. government did. Like, governments Nah, I don't know that the U.S. government did. I think that that might have been a mysterious substance they only had a tiny little amount of, and they put it in the shield. Well, no, because remember had. they were saying how the whole big deal was that, not to sound mean, but Black Panther's hubris that only Wakanda had this medal, and we can safeguard it from the rest of the world, so no one else can have it and then people start thinking well wait a minute you know the world is bigger than just Wakanda and that alludes to well more hit the earth but it went to the water right and that's, that's a key detail in the beginning of the movie that you, all of these they've kind of put a halt on T'Challa's Wakanda outreach program yeah. because they find out all these governments are starting to get grabby grabby yeah because they all want this oh uh, yeah open up Wakanda come on don't you want to share your technology with us and they're showing like these I think it's like what is it like the French government government or something does some raid yeah. on a Wakandan ship trying to get all the vibranium mercenaries so it's not supposedly be able to tie it back to the so government. in the middle of this like uh, and they got the guy from the west wing for the United States diplomat yeah the so there's this big United Nations hearing council, council and they trot all these dudes out they capture it on their but ship and she's them, like they're showing that they're being merciful um, but that they think because the king is dead that they are weak 
unique and they're not because they're Wakanda. I kind of thought but they should have brought the heads back, just the heads. I think that that's the kind no, of Wakanda no, way. No, 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 no. Like you the, show the, that you're when, bigger when, than when that. Reggie Hudlin, no, when he relaunched sh- the I, book. I, I get what they I get what they were doing where they were trying to show that we're being merciful the first time. Because she mm-hmm. said the next yeah, time said. it won't be yeah. Yeah. as merciful. Yeah. Um, my thing was, as I'm watching this. Angela Bassett looked oh, no, incredible in this movie. Incredible in this movie. Again, I guess I had to create a new Tony. So that's new Ironheart, whatever her name is. Riri yeah, well, I mean, that and, and I, I, I hate the fact that there, she's like, well, I created this this mineral detector, and it just happens to find vibra- uh, va- uh, vibranium. Vibranium. But she made it on purpose to find vibranium. No, she was challenged by a professor. Right. Yeah, because he was but, like, you can't detect vibranium. She's yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah and so and she, then she makes it, and the CIA is like, let's try that out. Yeah, and that's and how so the movie starts: is them now, finding vibranium under the water. Yeah. Now I liked. I'm just gonna call me Aztec. I like the fact. Well, that I mean, I, and I, I took. I, I took. Well, no, I took Paquita to the movie. And I kept saying Aztec, and she kept correcting me. No, though, it's Mayans. Those are Mayans. Indigenous. I mean, yeah. They're Tulcanians. Yeah. I mean, right? That, is that the so name of oh, Fuck, man. You guys Tulcan. Tulcan yeah, is what they. Is that what it's they, called? They, yeah. Itself. Atlantis well, is now Tulcan. How many times have you seen the movie, by the way? You still just Once, won? Yeah. Okay. I've seen lots of clips on it on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The clips I want to watch. Uh, well, I mean, they can't call it Atlantis because you already have Aquaman. See, no, I don't. I think that's. I call bullshit. People keep talking like, and you, you were doing this a lot too. Can't. I don't think it's a can't. I think it's a choice. Well, okay. it doesn't make sense I, to honestly, have because you, you don't want the confusion. Because I won't lie. Some people ask me, "Is this the one with Aquaman in it?" And I'm like, "No." Like, Who no. said that to you? Nobody is asking if my Wakanda mom. forever. Okay, I would say your mom's an outlier. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, nobody. No, no I don't. Th- I do not think your mom is an outlier. Nobody. No, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people. There's a lot of people that mix DC and Marvel movies up a lot. Well, and not just that. Don't know the universe, right? Like they hear superhero, and it's all one thing. It's just like when you go baseball. Like, okay, what's what team? What's what league? You know, that they, they know there's a bat, they know there's a ball, there's a base. What's minor? They yeah, they, they know the it's basics, like, but they don't know the Paqu- team. Paquita's but. seen most of the Marvel movies and she still says that shit sometimes. I think she even asked about that. So, I, no, I don't think anyone is. How many years ago did Aquaman come out? Dude, normies, dude, you, yeah, you're a little bit on an echo chamber than my friend. No, there's people no. who do not know the difference between the two. I nobody I, thought Jason, me. no, nobody asked. thought Jason Momoa was in this movie. Nobody thought Jason Momoa, but that didn't mean they didn't think that Atlantis was Atlantis. You know, but the problem is that it's a Mayan culture or or La- Aztec culture. I guarantee you, if somebody told you to remember Aquaman, they're not. They be, don't remember yeah. Atlantis was right. An, they just remember Jason well, Momoa is an Aquaman. Again, not, I, I, oh, I, I, I go back to the the Mark Wade quote from the interview with him. Do you think Atlantis is in the Pacific Ocean or is it in the Atlantic Ocean? And you're not going to have Mayans in the Atlantic Ocean. So yeah, so that's so, one of the, I think that's one of the reasons is because they decided to move the culture to South America, you have to make sure the ocean matches the name of the sure. place. So I think I think it's more a logistical thing. What are you talking about? Where do you think uh, the, the Yucatan Peninsula is? What is it? Is that, is that in the, the bottom ocean? part of the Gulf of Mexico, which is in the Atlantic Ocean? Oh, yeah. Technically, the Mayan peoples were bordered by the Gulf of Mexico, the Caribbean Sea, and the Pacific Ocean. The Gulf and Caribbean are both marginal seas of the Atlantic Ocean. So each of you have a point. My bad. You never cared about where shit was on the planet. <laughs> I'm quoting Mark Wade. But, I'm not saying I know this shit. So, the, okay. So where were we at? <laughs> oh, so anyway, so cool, we were talking about... Cool, cool, <laughs> Is where so, we were at. So, but, I, yeah. I don't like the fact that... So, let's be honest. This all comes from... The, the issues come from the hubris of Black Panther kind of flaunting the power that they have and that, you know, they're, they're a lot stronger than... Because everyone thought they were a bunch of farmers and, and dirt farmers and shit like that. I don't know. I don't and, think... 
think they knew what kind of existed before. No, he, they did because yeah. they were like, I, I mean, one of the movies they're like, isn't there like just a bunch of her, like herd or okay? They kind of make a, an allude that they're just farmers or something. They just farm yeah, it's like a, it's an isolated uh, nation of Wakanda. Yeah, like or they whatever. don't see like yeah. the shoot because they got the shield, of course. Well, and, again, and, and, shows and up. let's be honest too, most Westerners, the entirety yes. of Africa is one country. Yeah, you know, they don't even know there's different countries within this thing. You know, yeah, and so the same it, people who think uh, his Jason yeah. So his hubris is what kind of kicks off the the search for vibranium, vibranium around yeah. the world. Mm. And it turns out, whoops, there's other civilizations that had it. They just used it in a different manner. And I appreciated that more. I like the fact that... And again, like you know, I'm Latino, so I get it. I I like the fact that they found the plant in the water. They ate the plant because, and I love the whole thing where you know they're older than even I'm, I'm assuming older than the Wakanda civilization because I think I think the culture that's built around the Great Noun they're probably older than that yeah. because you're talking about again Mayan culture, Aztec culture. These are these are people that disappeared in the 1600s, 1700s, right? But they talk about how the Spaniards are coming. They're spreading disease. They're dying off from mm-hmm. this disease that they've never encountered. Which also, yeah, and it prevents them from being defeated by conquistadors. It's the sickness that's getting to them, not the conquistadors. Yeah. So they eat the plant, which then takes away the ability because it's in the water. Takes the ability to to breathe air. They have to go into the water to breathe. And of course, I love the fact that Namor is the first mutant born in the water with his pointy ears pointing to the sky and the wings on his ankles to carry. They definitely mythologize Namor a lot over the course of this. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, theater for the Latinos. (laughs) Fucking theater exploded when he came on. and, and when you think about it, Kukul Khan is the serp, the winged serpent, serpent god, the right? Serpent and god. his his trunks are green and scaled like mm-hmm. a snake. Yeah. And he's got fucking wings green. on his feet. And it was just like, why did this take so long to put these two things together? Like, I, I they didn't create Kukul Khan for this yeah. movie. This has been around. Well, they, the and they took some really cool ideas, like like okay, so what kind of forever they do the cross? You know, they cross their arms on their chest and scream, "What kind of forever?" And the Kukul Khan, when they do it, they do the open hand. And it's funny because I've seen that artwork. That shit was in my house at one time like I remember seeing we had like this tapestry of that and I remember seeing that and I never thought of like yeah, Street Fighter 2 greeting yeah. <laughs> How you get? so I, I thought that was okay that's kind of cool and they have their own saying they have their own civilization to me the weird part was they and I, I think I told I talked to Fryho about this was the movie of course Namor is not a good guy he's not a bad guy he just cares about his people the queen he, he kind of fucks up where he thinks by taking the princess he can kind of bully the queen and the queen says I hated the fact that she was like get her back at all costs and she kills <laughs> one of well I, okay so i think this is something we have to drill down into is the device finds the vibranium it's being tested by the caa it works that attracts the uh not atlanteans who kill every motherfucker you know in the room but notice they can be shot so they're all technically black panther strength essentially yeah uh well actually in terms of the physiology probably stronger because i don't think the black panther has that level of healing factor that the atlanteans have but they also probably have more direct exposure to the plant and the vibranium itself than even Panther. Your body has to be stronger to withstand the pressures sure, of water. Yeah, yeah. So they've been fully conditioned, yes. obviously. But also they have an extraordinary healing factor. Stuff. Um, and so with the help of Martin Freeman's take on the character from the Christopher Priest run that he's not playing for sure, mm-hmm. not at, at remotely, no. uh, they're able to locate the, the mind behind the locator, Riri Williams, who's at MIT at that point in time. She doesn't even know that her design has been pilfered by the CIA to go chase after this stuff. But they also destroyed the only working machine 
machine, but I guess nobody got to see the plans for the machine. They just stole the machine itself, which seems pretty bogus. I'm pretty sure the CIA would probably go ahead and get everything just to be on the safe side. It'd be like uh, the they first Thor movie. Jane Foster. Yeah, it'd be like the first Thor movie with Phil Coulson yeah. comes in and steals all their shit. It's like they're, they're going to let the MIT student keep her designs and just, no, bullshit. Inconsistency there. Um, but so they think that, uh, so the, the not Atlanteans, I'm going to call them the Mayans, you know? Right. So the, the blue Mayans uh, are, you know, figure if they can kill or at least capture the scientists behind this and they can stop, shut this shit down. Like, you know. Um, Wait, and then the CIA, skip, of course, you, you, you her- skip one little thing. So the, Namor reaches out to Wakanda because he's all like, hey, we're the only two vibranium powers. Uh, powers. Okay, so we should probably protect our vibranium together. supplies together. So why would you say I'm keeping it? Like well, I don't need your vibranium, so I'm a natural ally. So right. why don't you help me? But first also, you but do, also, it's your fault that killer. everybody was looking for the shit in the first place. Right, yeah. you're fucking our shit up, and you're gonna make up for it by going to find the scientist responsible for this device we've already. And I've shown I can get into a condo. You eat her, right. and we're done. Yeah, right. And so they find her, but everybody's after her, including the CIA. And the Atlanteans finally come, and the intention is for them to come get the scientist, but because the fucking princess is also there, because Okoye thought that it'd be good for her to get out, she gets captured by the Atlanteans too, because there's only the two of them, instead of a whole fucking Dormelage or, or Hatu Sorate that they apparently haven't gotten around to using yet. And so they capture the, the princess and the, the scientist, and take them to... Well, she kind of willingly goes, but yeah. yeah and that, I mean, I think that the whole thing is she's trying to prevent no, the yeah, scientist I mean, from getting killed. Kind of, they kind of kidnapped they yeah, pretty they kidnapped much kidnapped her, yeah. I mean, but but Okoye got blown back out of the way, and, and the so... Way up and they jump on the right and, and so so she's failed to protect the princess she's failed to secure the scientist and the queen mother Ramonda is like you go now I'm done with you you've you've you fucked everything you put the princess in danger and you failed to protect her you served kill longer you yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. Now, I'll be honest she had a ledger there was yeah. one scene that kind of almost fucked up the we're the bad guys moment for me it was whenever Noamod is talking to her Shuri and he's talking about like all the depths of the water da 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 but we have suits I, I that bothered me <laughs> right that I get that they're trying to be human like there's supposed to be like an injection of humor there but it was just like that That was he. Well, I'm I, guess, sure, I guess I got so I, used to him being so somber and like king like like uh-huh. he doesn't laugh he doesn't joke because he's, he's such a tortured soul I did like that it was the suit from the divers that they killed yeeted earlier mm-hmm. I was like oh I know where they got that suit from <laughs> I didn't think I'm not that. sure where they got I'm the sure air supply from but that's probably where they got suit from yeah. I think that was why he was like we got suits oh they got suits because <laughs> 20 minutes earlier they murdered they two CIA people inside, yeah. Yeah. but I did like like their civilization was still very, you know, in touch with nature. It wasn't tech. They didn't have fucking, you know, beep boop, beep boops, robots everywhere. It was just... <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot like the Amazons of Themyscira where they have what they need so there's no compulsion to tech everything out. You know, so they don't. It's just like, it, it's kind of more of a, a, a agrarian society or whatever, you know. And then they have the sun that comes up, which I thought was pretty fucking dope. Uh, well, it's, and it's the sun of vibranium created by right. No More. Is it? Okay, because that's... He that says, no, he says he created that. He, he, he created, crafted okay. that. He gave the his people a sun under the water. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah so they, of course they're gonna worship him as a god. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also he can fucking fly. That doesn't hurt. And so of course you know they go to rescue Shuri. They kill one of Namor's people. He gets pissed. It's a fucking handmaiden. Okay, it's it's. Ah, dude, he, but see that's the thing though. Just they were like, untouched. Just like, the, every, those people were untouched. Those are all his yeah, people. Dude. Yeah. Like not no one is no one is counted out. Every one of them is equal in his eyes. But then he proceeds to fucking drown the queen with water grenades and shit. Dude, I, not a okay. proportionate no, response. No, Dude, when he came down with that headdress and shit like that, was mm-hmm. the dope. The fucking theater exploded, dude. Like people were just fucking hollering when he came. When he floated down, when he hits the staff, and you know they're calling the town or the the city to 
War. Um, I forgot the name of the city. Uh, Wakanda. No. Uh, Tolkan. Was it Tolkan? Yeah. I mean, just and then of course they're doing the 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 you gets to everybody. Everybody's you <laughs> gets to each other. I mean, dude, that was I I, I like that scene. I like the fact that well, you loved dude, his origin sequence too. Oh yeah, oh no, the origin you're, you're, sequence. I I I thought yeah, I told you I fucking mm-hmm. what did you think? Of the origin no, no, well, I, I, well, no, 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 I you. told you. I didn't know you. Saw well, we're still recapping right? the movie. Don't just we're still okay. just get, yeah, we're still kind of recapping the movie. Well, we kind of got sidetracked that you guys want to wrap. No, that no, no, up? no, no. Okay, so uh, uh, um, Shuri doesn't want to be Black Panther. Then she decides to be Black Panther. She fights Namor, beats Namor. Well, basically, what, one of the things that I thought was interesting about the movie run. is we're all wondering if they were gonna like you were talking about how they were. Oh, you guys don't really know what's happening. You only know some of what's going to happen. You don't know what what the, yeah, the and, yeah, and yeah. they were still trying to play coy with who's going to be the Black Panther yeah. and whether or not there's and Lupita Nyong'o does Panthers. pop up. So now it's like, ooh, maybe she's going to be who right. Black Panther. But yeah. it's but like since she's so prominent in the ads, it's a little jarring that Lupita Nyong'o doesn't pop up for like an hour yeah. plus into the yeah, fucking movie. The movie. Yep. And really, the first half of the movie is Okoye and Shuri, and then Okoye checks out. It's almost like they like one checks in and one checks out in the, on the time card. And it's like, oh, I guess we're following Lupita Nyong'o now. Okay, you know, it's just, and also of course the the princess has been captured. So it's like the the cast suddenly has a turnover. It's like what the fuck? I guess they had enough of a bench from the first movie that they could pull that off. But it's still a little like wow. Okay, that's that wasn't expected. Yeah. And then yeah. And, and around the same time they start. And then once they get the princess back, oh hey, here comes fucking uh, Umbaku. Oh, we've been waiting for that dude. Where that guy been? You know, yeah. I mean, a little bit, but you know. So anyway, a lot of cast, big big, a whole bunch of people in Wakanda. Oh yeah. So when they, so when Namor attacks attacks a Wakanda, like you said, they're drowning people left and right. Um, I mean, it's pretty brutal. Like when he hit Umbaku and he smashed his chest plate, you could see where he has like the vibranium uh, undershirt, I guess, that protected him from getting hit. So at that point, I realized, okay, so all of Namor's people are Black Panther level strength. Agility. Again, I honestly, I think they're higher than Black Panther level. I don't, I don't, I think the majority of these guys are physically stronger and probably not, maybe not as durable because they can take, they can get shot, they can get stabbed, they can be killed, but they do, and they, they need time to recover from that. They really, it's very difficult for them to be killed, and they're apparently very long livid from the sound of things. So, um, arguably, I, I just don't think they have the the because uh, Panther can absorb the kinetic energy with his suit. Yeah, but if you take the suit off and it's just a heart shaped herb, I think every one of them is probably more powerful powerful than the Black Panther, you know. I mean, and there's some question about that because when Shuri creates the synthetic heart shaper, um, she sh- demonstrates some pretty heavy-duty superhuman strength. Uh, questionably and more Okoye so than T'Challa showed in the movies. She doesn't have any heart-shaped herbs, so that's another... Well, no. Oh, no, by that point, wait, are you talking about when they all turned into Iron Man suits and shit? No, no, no. When they're on the, we're on the bridge. She was kicking some ass. They ganged nah, up dude, on when her. She's fucking, when she's fighting a Tuma and he's just fucking almost playing with her. Yeah, he is playing with her. No, he yeah. is. But when he was fighting, he was he fighting was some of the other ones. She whipped some of their other ones. I, I, I like the fact that in a way, some of Namor's people or Namor's people are fucking wardrobe. Like, Atuma wants to fight. Uh, what's her name? No, no, uh, Nam- Namora. Namora. She want like they're like, no, we're going to fucking war. Like, she reminded me a little bit of the Cree chick from the fifth season of Agents of Shield. Between, I mean, obviously, the yeah. blue skin had a lot to do with that, but also that like not terribly verbal and very like kill happy kind of thing. They reminded well, me a little. Not kill happy, but they're just like they. They're she's not pretty play damn. Around. She was pissed off about Namor not doing some more killing. So yeah. she was. Well, no, pretty no, she, I love that point where she told him, "I've been waiting to serve by you." Like, because apparently he outlives them. Mm-hmm. So. 
they will die of old age. Which yeah, you won't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they all have protracted ages. I think they live longer than normal people. But no more is way yeah. beyond that. Like he's centuries old. Yeah, and so they they she's been looking. Which, by the way, I want to say too. I think that's really cool. They never made that super clear in the comics, but in the origin story where it's uh, Captain McKenzie sleeping with his 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 mother Dorma. Dorma, right? That sounds right. Yeah, could be. Uh, obviously, he's still on like a proper ship wearing a, a fur lined coat. So pretty clearly at the at, at probably the 19 teens, you know. So Namor, when he's introduced in the comic books, is probably roughly what his biological age would be if he were a human anyway. And it's the long livedness is only introduced later on when he just keeps on being about the same age as the decades wear on. I think it's interesting they did something similar to what they did with Wonder Woman, where Namor's he should be old because we he's he was fighting in World War II, but the fact they went way older. And yeah. like one thing that drives me nuts about comics is that everybody suddenly pops up right around the time of the Depression or World War II, and so much of the universes are grounded in this one specific period of time, which well, when while the bomb, monumental, when the bomb got dropped. Right, right. Where monumental, um, all of human civilization shouldn't spring up from 1940. You know, so I I, I dug that they made Namor much more longer lived, yeah. longer lived. So that was cool. So, and of course, you know, are we going to talk about his origins now? Or? Oh, well, and of course, the, because Paquita was asking about that, if that was his origin from the comics or not. Oh, not even close, right? <clears throat> oh, no, 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 no. It's a whole different thing. not yeah. even close, right? <laughs> well, for starters, there's no Captain McKenzie. Yeah. There's no cross-mating between Atlanteans was, and Yeah, humans. and Atlanteans getting banged by a white guy. and a- so, very, so then very much Aquaman's origins then. Yeah, well, and that's part of the problem is that, uh, and I was pointing this out to her, it's like Aquaman is the more famous of the two characters, but he's absolutely a, a fucking total ripoff. Like everything that Aquaman didn't steal from Namor in the 1940s, he came around again and stole in the 1960s. Like all this shit where he's a, a regent in the fucking yep. Atlantis yeah. shit. All that shit came out of the fucking mid 60s, even not even not even the early part. So, uh, but the problem is, this is a situation, and I've, I've talked about this a lot as, as far as you know the, the horse race between the two companies. That was one area where DC finally got out ahead of Marvel. They had an extremely well ad, uh, uh, illustrated Atlantis, and they made it a core part of their continuity for the DCU. And so Marvel is playing catch up in the aqua race um so they i think they intentionally made namor as different as possible from the aquaman the dc has and they found a way of like kind of recapturing a lot of the stuff that to a large degree has been lost in the comics like t- uh, namor t- uh, is kind of a conan-esque it's sort of like in this fantasy world that's kind of barbaric and shit and they found a way of making that work within the mcu in a modern times by having them be again like a, a, a mythological people and it actually makes the atlanteans seem more elevated in terms of their stature within the cinematic universe because they're not just a bunch of blue people who are roughly the same age as us and get their ass kicked by the Fantastic Four all the time because they're running around their stupid globes with the water in their shit. So I think that's a a change from the comics that improves upon the comics because it elevates these people within the universe in a way that they, you know, these guys were badasses when they first showed up to try to conquer the surface world in the early Fantastic Four comics, but they've had their ass kicked so many damn times now that they just don't have any credibility anymore. And I think this movie helps to really reestablish them as a, as a major force within that world. I liked parts of the reimagining of the origin. Wait, are we still doing the synopsis? Though? I don't know. You were talking about we were talking about origin. Well, he was asking me about the origin. Oh, you, oh, so you're talking about the origin? I got. No, talking about the origin. I thought some parts were really good. Some parts cringy as hell, dude. No amor for the surface world is super fucking cringy. Loved it. So dumb. Like it's basically he got his name because he. Who are you 
gonna get? You're not gonna get Angela Bassett because she's already a famous actress. She's gonna come back what for two more movies? Okay, she's definitely gonna be in the next Avengers movie. So it can't. I, even though I would have preferred Angela Bassett, Umbaku, he already has his own story. Like I don't want him to be back. the most broken people. Can be great leaders. These people do not call him general or king. They called him Kukul Khan, the Feather Serpent God, killing him. We'll risk eternal war. He's coming for the surface world. We know what you whisper. shit where we talk about the synopsis of the movie all the basic shit i think some of the stuff about the actual experience i think that's all in there but once we start actually getting into our opinions and that it's gone so i guess uh, what i would start out with is pointing out is that i had a whole bit that i'm pretty sure made during the record a session where i was putting all the blame on fix it because he was the one who's the most excited about the movie most excited to talk about the movie but then went out of town and all this other bullshit but then i proceeded to force you guys to do two spawnometer episodes we're trying to record on black panther at like two o'clock in the morning there's computer issues Issues. So ultimately, it was my fault because, as I believe I stated in the recording, and I, I don't know if it made it in or not, I was uh, perfectly fine with the premise of just waiting for the movie to stream on Disney Plus and talk about it then. And because of the various delays, it literally is streaming on Disney Plus. And this will be our Black History Month episode of the Marvel Serial Podcast. <laughs> so it kind of worked out according to plan, except for the part that I actually went to the theaters to watch the movie in anticipation of talking about it back in December. Yeah, for no. So fun. you let it marinate, though. It, it oh marinated yeah, oh yeah. Mind. True, truth. Yeah, I have about the movie a lot more and it's funny because I, I did go back and I listened to our recording for the first Black Panther movie in which we literally watched it all together in one theater on opening night among the first people to see the movie and then immediately went back to my place and recorded on it so it's a very different experience between the two movies Ah, uh, to be young again so uh, having stated that uh, given that Mr. Fixit was the person most enthusiastic about this movie I think we should start to hear your opinions about the movie you mean the Namor movie? No more? yeah that's I just talked to Fryho and he, he 
he watched it on uh, streaming and he was like totally agree 100% Panther part weak Namor amazing that's that's his all that's his all right there so you th- think the Panther stuff was weak then uh actually yeah though, pretty much all of it the only part I did like which kind of I, I when she went into the whole spirit world and she ran runs into Killmonger does that mean she's gonna be like a bad Panther like she's a bad guy she's not really trustworthy like I kind of like I that mean was they, the only- they say that and they literally say that in the movie with the, no, now, she's too she's too here. unstable oh no she's no she's trying to like show everybody she can do it when she like you know kind of get Mbaku to fucking kneel before her kneel before Zod type shit I was like okay she's trying to prove herself and I guess he was kind of he saw that too but everyone keeps asking who did you see who did you see and she doesn't want to say because I think she's gonna be a bad guy like I don't well, know but, but gonna be. at the end of the movie they've got the the waterfall shit and she doesn't show up it's just Mbaku that shows up right yeah because he's gonna fight for her stead because he promised the mom and the brother that he would protect her and guide her and that uh, I mean dude when you see Killmonger and Killmonger's like you're more like me than them and she's trying to deny and he's like no no you are like we're the same he's the bad guy in the first one he wasn't the good guy it was nothing that he he had justifiable reasons to do what he's doing but he was still the bad guy well and one thing I think one thing I think the movie kind of misses a little bit too is that before Angela Bassett dies in the movie she's very much on a Killmonger spree too you You know yeah she she's going straight into the United Nations and dumping those French soldiers and threatening everyone now I'm not saying she's doing not doing without good reason but yeah. she's not she's not doing it the T'Challa way where she's you know what I mean she's saying oh I'm, I'm giving you a freebie but don't do it again she's firing Okoye you know she she's like she's fucking unhinged in that movie well she did lose her husband or something I, right I know and I'm not saying it's not justifiable and sure he's lost everybody so I'm yeah. saying everybody's got reasons for, for the way they're acting but I'm like she's very much the opposite of the way T'Challa was operating Wakanda so it's not like Angela Bassett I say was closer to the way Killmonger had been acting where it was more vengeful we need to protect Wakanda at all costs nobody can get a hold of the vibranium why are we helping all these colonizers she was ticking more towards him too in this movie so I I mean I, I don't know if I agree with that because you were the one who pointed out I, I've decided that since I had this time I might as well go ahead and try to watch all the Black Panther material again so I could have a good sense of where this movie fits into that oh, that's brutal I wouldn't go so far I wouldn't say brutal it's not brutal it was fine it's just a lot of time to do that because there's only two movies but one of them's almost three hours long the other one's two and a half hours long then you go through the Avengers stuff you go through Civil War which is itself is I believe two and a half hours plus long I didn't watch the whole thing I only watched the Black Panther parts so there's a lot of material to get through and then earlier today you're like don't forget the deleted scenes I'm like ah hell and since I didn't buy Black Panther when it came out I think I might have a copy of it now but I did not at the time I'd never seen any of the deleted scenes and so I was literally watching those shortly before we recorded and there's a whole scene there where T'Challa is talking to his uncle played by Forrest Whitaker uh, 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 what, is, what is the character's name do you remember? No, no I don't. Man, I don't starts with a Z anyway Forrest Whitaker so he's talking to Forrest, Forrest Whitaker what he's saying is that he'd actually coached his father not to go to the UN he was like fine with continuing to be isolated but the father uh, T'Chaka he was the one who for, who made those first steps toward opening Wakanda up to the world against his own uh, son's advice right and then it was only after like you know when, when he goes into the spirit world and he sees his father and he's feeling like a failure for not having protected him in the Civil War and kneels before his father and the father's like get up you know you're you're a man you're the king now we don't do that I've, I've trained you for this your entire life you're gonna be fine and then he goes back into the spirit realm again in this first movie and to confront his father realizing that his father was not the man that he thought he was and then ultimately he comes around to know we have to open up the world because of the lesson taught by uh, Njadaka by Killmonger that we have not we've not been living up to our responsibility to the rest of the world and our own 
young people. And so that was even even T'Challa was not in the mindset of doing that until the journey that Black Panther put him on. So I think that Angela Bassett was just being a Wakandan. I don't think she was going into a Killmonger place because, again, if she were, she'd have brought the heads of the French guys instead of their whole sure. bodies. Because, uh, again, sure. these were mercenaries, so technically they weren't from any place. No place was going to claim them. Obviously, these were guys who you got caught, we disown you. But they were clearly French military who were pretending like they weren't. Uh, she could have gone full badass on them, and, and she didn't because she still was wanting to be in the right, and she still was trying to give the world the opportunity to not fuck up and find out, you know? So I, I don't think that I would call that a killmonger. I think just think she was getting back to a more Wakandan approach to the world. All I said was she was ticking closer to the killmonger uh, and away from the where where uh, T'Challa ended up at the, at the end of Black Panther, which is what our starting point is for this movie. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Now, I don't know. I don't know if our first recording got it. My my and, and honestly, for the most part, I do enjoy the film. My only big complaint that really just uh, irked me was the fact that the Wakandans could fight a giant army of blades. Basically, if you don't want to say full on Black Panther power, at least a third Black Panther power uh, army, and they were able to hold their own like, in Iron Man suits and their in their armor. It just I don't know. It bothered me because the I'm gonna call them the uh, the what do we call, they're not they're not uh, Atlanteans. Was it Atlanteans? They're not Atlanteans. They were Tulkanians. Tulkanians. I, I actually, I, I think it's Tulkani. If I remember correctly, because we watched the movie with subtitles on, I think they're referred to as Tulkani as a Tulkani. Like, yeah. so the Tulkani people are basically all Black Panther level strength. Are they not? They appear well, that they way. All, they that, all that, that, I, so, okay, so this is actually what something. Having watched the movie twice, I'm still unsure about this because obviously they formulated the plant differently, or it's a different kind of plant because it grew in different part of the world. So the flora may be different, would almost certainly be different in uh, uh, you know in the, in their area versus Wakanda, right? Yeah. So the properties of the flower might be different because it's probably not the same flower for one thing. For second, but they this used is, the flower to turn her into a black panther, though. Well, no, they, they use properties from it. Okay. They, they, it helped to fill in the gaps. It's yeah. sort of like uh, what was it, the mosquito or the frog? They found for Jurassic Park where they were able yeah, to find yeah, the frog and, and to, finally to. fill in the gap to create the dinosaurs. It was more like that. But see, this is another thing I'm wondering about too is we know that the people took the flower, which again is clearly a variant flower with different properties, since Wakandans ain't they, you know, you know, aren't in the water that often from what we see. Um, so probably they don't have the same quite the same powers, quite the same abilities. They're obviously somewhat different. But this is the question that I have. Did they take the flower in you know the, the 16th century or whatever, and then they've just been passing it down uh, through heredity? as opposed to continuing to renew the connection to that flower? Like, are they continuing to ingest that flower and give them abilities? Or is it a situation where they're just, they're, the, they're like almost like no more, where it's continuing to be passed down from generations and again, he says outright he's a mutant, Well, maybe all the other kids just are blue kids because they, they, they get born that way going forward. No, because Atuma took bullet shot. And oh, no, no, and, and I don't dispute that. They clearly have yeah. human power. The question is, I don't know if they're continuing to renew their connection to the flower or it's something that just passed through the generation. But I, I, I took it as hereditary. I thought yeah. it was hereditary. I mean, they, they can go either way because I think they still have asked, uh, 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 access to the flower. I don't know that they lost that flower after the you know 16th century or whatever. Um, but clearly, I would say honestly that each individual uh, Tulkani has more power than a Black Panther because again, they're they're almost bulletproof without any sort of armor. Their healing factor, even and we talked about this with the first movie, the, the healing factor of the Wakandans in general because of their connection to vibranium is extraordinary, and yet these guys far surpass them in how quickly they heal and they can heal from apparently lethal wounds you know where the Wakandans if you stab one in the throat they're going to die you know where these guys they got all kinds of lethal blows and they come right back there is a horror beat when these guys reanimate essentially because of their healing factor so I, I don't I think the argument
argument, honestly, it reinforces Fix-It's argument. These guys per capita are probably as powerful or more powerful than the one Black Panther guy that they've ever had. So it makes no sense for them to use to not all be suited up in armor and even have a shot against these guys. Yeah, and I guess what drove me nuts was apparently even the, they even have a sonic power because there's a part where they're doing the mermaid attack. That was cool. And they're they're basically just singing in harmony and it's, I mean, the land land walkers are all just dropping to their death. So I was like, didn't care for that. Really? Well, I mean, it's they're, they're getting into it, their sirens. Yeah, I yeah, know. I get. I get. Yeah, I I know what sirens are. Yeah. Um, I'm saying they're, they're obviously that uh, that's not something we've seen in the comics, but I think that they're trying to extrapolate on world lore to go. Okay, well, they probably have some part of their arsenal sirens. Yeah, and but the also, that they're not uh, technological well, but, people. I think that you want to draw on the mythology to show that these guys are, are an imposing force. Right, but now now the problem is they're all just singing in unison. Okay, so now what do they have? Like, you know, is, is this some sort of psych uh, psychological power that they're emitting from their bodies to control people's minds and to make them, you know what I'm saying? It's just like a whole other can of worms that these people, it's just more powers they fucking have. Um, that it's one thing to have superhuman strength because you're uh, enduring the pressure underwater and, and mm-hmm. a tougher skin because you have to be able to endure the pressures of deep sea. Like that shit kind of makes sense, right? Um, but then randomly you have this power where you all just sing in fucking unison and people will literally walk to their deaths <laughs> to you and it's completely unexplained and it, it, I, it was just like, I, we didn't need this. I, I, you didn't well, need it but, at all. But here, here's my argument. I don't think that they all have that power. Because no. they don't, you don't see them don't all exploit that. I think that there no, is a section of a portion of the people that have that ability and they use them uh, uh, tactically, but I don't think they're like every single person has that power. It, they should have had like vibranium conches or something that they made the noise <laughs> through. And then you could be like, okay, that's their tech. They have a technology that does something to the inner ear of a fucking uh, well, surface we, walker. We don't really know that they don't have that though because we don't see them. Right. Well, that's my the- fucking point. It's just a weird random power that they came up with and it doesn't really do anything in the movie uh, and it doesn't uh, fucking like it, it, it's never explained. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It, the, uh, the the Wakandans don't have like when, when T'Challa eats the fucking heart shaped herb he can't. He doesn't have like a magical singing voice. Like it's it just comes out of fucking nowhere. It was stupid. It was dumb. I wasn't going to bring it up but since you guys brought that up it's stupid. It's dumb. They don't really use it appropriately in the movie. It, it's, uh, it made no sense. came out of nowhere. It needs to go away. Go away. I thought it was uh, well used in the opening sequence, which again is played very much for horror. And I think that it was to the Wakandans' benefit they recognized what the problem was and began countermeasures almost immediately so there wasn't as much of an issue for them. But no, I, I think it worked fine in the two instances that they did use it. I don't know that I'd want to see it again and again and again, but I think that you see all those uh, Navy SEALs and CIA operatives get knocked out just by that one power to where the Tulkanis don't have to, to engage with them very much. You know, they, it's almost like, you know, it, it, for them, it's like a drone strike, you know, or the equivalent to where they're not even having to get their people involved to take out most of the force. But again, they try to use that against the Wakandans. They counter that fairly quickly because they're a smart and technological race and they are much better at this stuff than we are. So I think that's kind of the point is to show the American capabilities versus the Wakandan capabilities to maintain the quality of the Wakandans because there's a lot of instances where they come off looking a little bad in this movie, but at least they, they look better than the U.S. forces did. It's dumb and we've already talked about it more than it appears in the movie, so we can move on. <laughs> 
Okay. So what I, did you think I, of the movie, Mac? Well, no, I, you know, and what you were also talking about too, how the Wakandans are going up against the the. Um, I'm saying Atlanteans. Fuck it, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so the Atlanteans, they have that whole sequence where uh, Namor is saying, you know, oh, you you've got to have to put on this suit because you're going to be go, you know, you'll immediately go into hypothermia and be crushed by the pressures. And that's something that they've done to build up Aquaman in recent years, where he's now essentially bulletproof because he would have to be in order to do what he does. And they let you know that so are all of these guys. So it's almost like unless you have vibranium weapons, you're not going to do anything to them. So, you know, don't even try, you know, your bullets are worthless to them. Obviously, we see bullets are somewhat effective against them, but not long term. Point being is it's increasingly unrealistic that the Wakandans could hold their own against these guys in combat. And it's increasingly weird that they're still running around with spears when they should probably have some more ranged weapons and, and more effective ranged weapons against a force like this. But well, I thought yeah. that was the whole point of the Iron Man suit. They bring two well, ships I mean, at a time. Wherever, wherever Wakanda goes, they bring two ships. That's it. We're not bringing the whole fleet. Right. Two ships. Well, and uh, they do touch on this, though. It is supposed to be a tiny nation. I'm not sure what kind of population in city they really have. I don't know how much of a military they have because we see them in Black Panther and Infinity War, but that might be all of them. That might, might like be all the fighting forces they've got because it is a relatively small nation. And you see... But like, I thought there was like multiple tribes. There are, is, but the majority of them are still centralized in the Golden City. Only the Jabari are the ones that live outside of that. And, you know, when they rally the forces, you see like roughly the same numbers of guys in all these different movies. Or like when all the forces are fighting in Black Panther, it's not really that big of a force. You know, you're talking about a few thousand people. I'm not sure how many Wakandans there are, really. That's a good point. Never thought about that. Yeah, but they got they got more than two ships. I have to, at least. And in fact, well, they had a they had a giant uh aircraft carrier <laughs> destro- ocean destroyer that came out of fucking nowhere, too. If they got that thing, they got more than two ships. So I'm trying sure. to say bring, well, bring yeah, more and, than two ships. It's also weird because when you watch Wakanda and other movies, it's like everything is in the one city and there's everything else is planes, right? It's it's like the illusion that Wakanda casts in Black Panther is all that anybody gets to see when they go to Wakanda in other movies where it's this huge expansive area in the actual Black Panther movies. It's like, it's almost like they're still maintaining the illusion so that people think that they, like, they kind of know how big Wakanda is, but they don't really know. So I halfway think that, like, when those Outriders were running out in Infinity War, it's like they're still seeing the fake Wakanda. They're not really in proper Wakanda. They only think that they're going deep in where it's like, this is like the very edge of our shield. You really think we've got our fucking path right there at the edge, you know, within Outrider running distance of overtaking us? So I almost wonder, like, if it isn't a bit of a scam, you know, they're, they're running and everything else is like, because again, when you look at Infinity War, you don't ever see the queen. You don't ever see the grasshopper ship, the locust ship, whatever you want to call them. You don't ever mm-hmm. see that fucking uh, cavernous tunnel that goes to the subway station shit. So I think that that, that uh, location that we see in the Avengers movies is just like a fake, essentially. And I still really wonder how the uh, Atlanteans get so deep into Wakanda. I know they talk about them being able to access the waterways and stuff, but like they get right in there and they, they cause widespread damage. And yet it's such a big area. It's like, where are they targeting? Like, what are they actually affecting in those attacks? I, I, I just, I really feel like they, it, it's weird because this is a movie that's supposed to be for the Wakandans, and I know they're trying to build up the threat of the Atlanteans, but it really makes them look like they don't have effective defenses because all the shit keeps getting in and causing problems. Well, and, the and, whole point- and, and to piggyback on that, they literally just inva- evacuate all of Wakanda and send it up to M'Baku's tribe. Right. Like the, everybody, the entire population just goes and stays with M'Baku, which makes it feel even smaller. So what, what if I'm listening to what you're saying, they could really benefit from a Game of Thrones style opening where it takes you through the seven yeah. kingdoms and show like show cool. us the the uh Mbaku's tribe and then take us to the border people and then take us to Wakanda so you can kind of get some sort of idea of how you know I, we see all the representatives from these different tribes where are they show show us where they're at in relation to each other show us where
where the the rivers that run through. And it's like, oh, th- this is where you know the main part of Wakanda is, where the queen stays. She's you know on essentially the Nile portion of it, where it's all green and lush. Then you have the other tribe. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I like that we obviously each of these different tribes we know them at this point, right? Like we know the uh, Okoye's group and her husband, the dude with all the 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 bumps all over his face and stuff. There's that guy. They're, they're the, the dude, border tribe. The border tribe. We got the dude with the big coin in his lip. We got the girl the, with those, the mud. Those are the, the, the water tribes, basically. Right. So we know, like, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Okoye's people. That, you know, I, I like, know them, which I really do give these movies credit for. Like, I, I know exactly who these people are when they're on uh, screen. Um, but I, I'm with you. I kind of would like to get some sense of, okay, how big is this fucking country? <laughs> like, I can't. They keep making Wakanda look like downtown and the inner loop, you know? And it's like, right. I, I think it's going to be a little right. bit bigger than this. Exactly. Right. And then Mbaku's up on a snowy mountain. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck is this mountain at? Like, uh, they they can walk there? Is it like, did they just jump on a ski lift and it takes them up to this mountain? Like, where where is this? I um Yeah, yeah I, it, feel, it, I feel like in the first movie, they have to have been taking some sort of vehicle to get there. And then once they get closer, they switch to being on foot. They actually walk from the Golden City to the, the Jabari Mountains. It's like, this. that's pretty ridiculous. Or it's just a really tiny fucking bum fuck. You know, like, like almost like, a, what's the city where they just had the World Cup? Where it's basically just like, everything is this one little spot and it's super rich and super developed and the rest of it's like shit. You know? Oh, it's a... Uh... Like Qatar? Qatar? Is that yeah. Qatar. Is kind of like Qatar? Is that, that the, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, because it doesn't seem like it from the movies, especially in the opening sequences where they're panning over everything. But you're right. They, we don't really get a sense of place. So maybe all that shit's just right next to each other. I don't know. Has the mm-hmm. comic book ever said how, in the comics, have they ever said how big Wakanda is? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, the more we watch these movies, the more you're having to throw the fucking comic books it, Yeah, out. it doesn't matter. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. But, but I will say, if, if not, I'm not trying to skip ahead to the end, though. If, if it turns out Black Panther 3 is some sort of civil war between all the tribes, trying to do a power grab now which we already a... fucking did so please don't do that guys please but if that's what it is then they better fucking start establishing exactly how large this country is and where these people are in relation to one another um, or they're going to do another game of thrones where all of a sudden everybody's teleporting everywhere yeah that could be it too which is kind of what they did in these two movies but anyway uh where are we going next what are we talking about now well I, I, we'll go back to fix it then because we talked about the relative power levels and stuff so uh, what else did you like or dislike that because mm, i just rewatched not too long ago uh, um, man, it was fine. I mean, it, it was interesting. Um, well, I want you to talk. I, I'm, we, not a big, okay. I'm not a big Shuri fan. I mean, I, I really didn't. I, I, I understand everybody's like, oh, it's her journey. And, it, you know, her her develop, the developing her, her character. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I really didn't see the purpose of Riri Williams. Like, that made no sense to me. Like, I get they need someone to make the machine so they can start up the movie. But it was just kind of like, I don't know. I just I, I couldn't I guess I guess we're turning to I guess we're uh, we're turning to those grumpy old men where it's like that's not my Iron Man type thing. Are you trying to bait me into saying something? I'm not fucking saying <laughs> shit. Hey, not even a little bit. On our previous recording, did we actually talk about uh, the end of the movie? What the the whole? Oh, you mean the, the previous it? recording for this movie? Yeah, yeah, like the aircraft carrier. Nah, not so scene. much. I think we touched on it a little bit, but it was mostly like a gen- more general synopsis. Not quite. I don't think we quite made it to the end of the movie necessarily. Okay, well, the, can, I, can I just say so you can put it in there that the end of the movie sure. was by far the worst part of this movie, right? Like that. It, it's the typical Marvel CGI smashing action shit, or I should say, not typical Marvel. It's all these fucking movies. They end where they take a bunch of CGI 
action figures and smash them together. Except this one was like really bad and it was extremely green screen. Uh, like they were just standing on a set, the sky behind it. It was really, really bad. And then like you said, the power levels didn't make any sense. They should have got their asses kicked. I mean, they kind of do get their asses kicked. The very end of that fight, they're basically surrounded on the tip of that boat um, or ship getting ready to, uh, you know, meet their makers or whatever. Um, all oh, and terrible. also, it's, it's what's funny too though, because again, th- this is Wakanda, right? And so you're expecting them to show up on something like an aircraft carrier. It should like, like it should like the ship. It should look like the helicarrier before it takes off, you know. And instead, it's just like this World War II era submarine, but it's flat on the top, so everybody can run around on this platform that's like you said, clearly a stage in Atlanta, Georgia, and not an actual physical location. And you know, I, I realize this movie shot in COVID conditions, but it's just so fucking obvious that these guys are just running up and down a soundstage. And, yeah. and why would you even have a ship that's just this big flat surface? You know, there's not even rails on the fucking thing. Yeah, the, you know, people are just fucking falling off left and right, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it looks, like, it looks like a like a kid would take a toy into a bath with them and they're knocking the action figures off the side of it. It makes no fucking sense as a real world item. And given how much detail they put into so many other things for it to just be this big flat space, look awful. The lighting fucking sucked. And it yeah. was just really super transparent that there was a, this was a, it wasn't even good CGI either because again, it's mostly just them on the soundstage. And it's clearly the, the a bunch surface. of people with makeup on. Yeah. Right. And they're all lit way, way wrong to be way in wrong. like sunlight and shit. Yeah, that was awful. And yeah. we've made fun of the first movie with the fucking video game rubber people fighting flying through the air and shit this movie completely blows out of the water in terms of taking you out of the movie because of how phony it looked yeah but i will say i do i did like the black panther uh namor fight i thought it was like really savage but the lighting was really interesting they're doing some uh who's the star wars guy who does all the fucking lens flares all the time what's the guy oh jj abrams jj they were doing lots of jj abrams where they're like slowing it down as namor's throwing a punch and missing and she's coming i liked all that uh on the beach once they were on the desert beach or whatever that all looked really really pretty cool um but then they would flash from that back to the aircraft carrier and i'm like oh like this is terrible like this, why are we even doing this um okay so then uh to wrap the movie up uh black panther kid did that all get deleted too were we talking about black panther kid we definitely did not i to my recollection did not get to black panther kid no Should and we talk about Black Panther? Kid? i don't think we lost that i don't think we even talked about that okay uh you're right i think we might have realized the recording stopped before we got to it uh do we want well it's no because then i think i fucking mentioned something maybe it didn't get recorded Anyway, Black Panther Kid. What do we what do we think about Black Panther Kid? I thought it was cool. Should that have been a stinger? I mean, it still kind of was. You did get a title sequence, and then you, you bring the kid out. Because no, I'm saying movie, I'm, I'm at, it was a stinger. I'm saying yeah. should it have been a stinger? Should that have not been part of the fucking movie? I, I think it's fine because again, it's it's not only it's a Marvel movie, so you most people are going to wait for the end of the the because again, it's not like it's the full credits. It's not like you're having to watch a black screen with text scrolling five minutes. It's the CGI. You know, these are the actors that were in our movie that we all know that you got to sit through that to get to at least one additional scene and it picks up right where the other part left off I, I think breaking it up was fine whatever you know I just it depends on how you feel about that direction I think that the way in which that they filmed it and and the way it unfolded was fine so you know the, the original plot was going to be all about Black Panther and his kid right well I mean Black Panther no, Black Panther Shuri right no you're talking about T'Challa it's the, right. so T'Challa and his kid is going to be right it, it would have been he was born right before or he she was pregnant and then the blip happens and takes T'Challa away and T'Challa loses the first five years of this kid's life. Mm-hmm. So then he shows back up when he gets de-blipped and he finds out he has a son and it's this whole, the whole movie was supposed to be about the child mourning these lost years with his father and uh, T'Challa mourning the five years he didn't get with his son and trying to make up for all this lost time. That was, from what I understand, that was the original movie. Which is like a, a ground floor rewrite of, you know, required because that was absolutely not the movie that we saw. No, and I was thinking, and I was thinking about, about that, especially that on the second like viewing. It sounds like yeah. 
movie. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was thinking about that on that second viewing. It's like, because I've read enough about this movie to know that, okay, the script was already there. It was already locked. And then, of course, they had to go in there and make changes for the, the new version of the movie under the new circumstances. And it's like, this could not, like 90% of this movie could not have still been there. It's so different. And so much movies about, the like, again, Shuri's journey and stuff that you really, I, I don't see very much at all of, of any of the previous movie in the DNA because it wouldn't make any sense if there was any T'Challa left in this movie outside of the morning parts of, you know? Yeah, and I don't know if Namor was going to be in it or not. I mean, and, and oh, I, believe, still, I believe so. No, I, I think yeah, that was I mean, the he might have been. I think and the then, Namor stuff is probably the only stuff that survived. Right, and she still could have been trying to synthesize the heart-shaped herb. You know, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that could have still been in it, but none of this shit was shot, right? Like, this isn't like they chopped up. Uh, they, they didn't uh, Joss Whedon this movie out of mm-hmm. Snyder footage, right? That's not how what happened here. But, so, what I think would have been, at least, and it's, that's why I swear we recorded this, but it doesn't matter. I felt like this movie would have been better for me if they would have done this at the beginning and introduced uh, baby T'Challa Jr. at the beginning, and that's what the whole point of this movie is. The whole point of this movie is protecting the Black Panther, the soon-to-be Black Panther. I guess he wouldn't be soon-to-be Black Panther. Yeah, the protecting the, the, the crown, air the at all, all yeah. Right. You're, you're protecting the prince at all costs, and it's Angela Bassett sacrificing herself to protect T'Challa. Uh, sure, you know what I mean? They're all going on these journeys to protect the Black Panther, to protect what we have left, and I just feel like that would have been way better than the movie we got. And I don't think you would have changed the movie all that much. You just would have had to move the stinger to the beginning. And I just felt like I would there would we would have had more at stake in the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas like it said like Shuri was almost on a suicide mission anyway. So there wasn't like, oh no, we're gonna lose Shuri. No, what are, she's on a fucking suicide mission. Like she's this woman's broken. She's destroyed. Uh you know, like I I there weren't a lot of stakes in this movie, is what I'm saying. It was just a it was also not funny at all. <laughs> like this movie was a drag from start to finish. Um and then throughout the entire movie, I'm not really on the what who was at stake? Riri Williams? Like, really? Like, she was what's at stake? I, I don't, you know what I mean? When you start thinking, you know, yeah. I guess, was Wakanda ever at stake? We really think Wakanda was going to get wiped out? No. No, of course not. Um, so that was something that I felt like was missing from the movie. Uh, there, there were just no stakes in this movie. I, I didn't feel, you know, and maybe it's because I wasn't like a million percent into Shuri's character, the fucking Mary Sue of all Mary Sues in the Marvel Universe, where she's just like, oh, I've got an app for that. And she just creates whatever. Maybe she's regenerating heart-shaped herbs and shit. Um, out of nowhere and oh I already oh, but I can take the stone out of Vision's head you guys just tried your best and she goes you know what I mean like everything she does is so snarky over the top she does everything uh, 150% when you were only expecting 75 it gets a little tiresome other than yeah. Chadwick Boseman obviously but Jesus Christ uh, so it, yeah that's where this movie I just never felt like what the hell is at stake in this movie like I and now look it sucked when Angela Bassett died because in my opinion because I guess we'll get into kind of opinions for the movie for me I thought Angela Bassett was the best character in this movie. I thought she and Okoye were fantastic in this movie, as usual. Um, and it, they showed some deleted scenes later on that we can talk about where Okoye, like, they cut a bunch of her, a few of her scenes out. And I'm like, wow, we should kind of left those in. Because um, I like her character building. I like her character arc. Um, it's spanned two movies also, and I felt like we kind of get short shrift on that. But, um, yeah, when uh, is it Queen Ramonda? What, what is her name in this Ramonda. movie? Ramonda. Ramonda. When Queen Ramonda uh, her, when she's in the, the UN, she's awesome. When she's confronted uh, Namor, she's awesome. In the when she fires Okoye, that scene where she fi- fires Okoye, and uh, what do you call? Oh man, I think I typed it out. What it was, she strips her of her position, and Okoye is like, "I've given everything." Like she's like, "I've given my husband, I've given everything." Um, and uh, Queen Ramona cuts her off and says, "I'm the queen of the most powerful nation in the world, and my entire family is all gone. Have I not given everything?" And she's like screaming at the camera, and I'm like, "Fuck yes, you have. Like yeah, you have a right to be extremely pissed off." And man, I, I feel her grief. I feel her frustration when Shuri gets ca- gets captured. 
that she's she's just awesome in this movie. And it sucks they killed her in it. Because, I mean, she's not going to be in the yeah. next. Like, that's where I was like, fuck, like, she needs to, like, don't kill her off. That's not shock value. It just bums me out. Because she was fucking rocking in this movie. She's so great in these movies. Um, well, and that's uh, something, too. I think that thinks at one point you'd either heard a theory or formulated a theory where, you know, some of these people wanted out. And, like, maybe Angela Bassett was ready to be out of these movies. She'd already done the one that she'd signed on for. Maybe didn't want to continue either because she didn't want to keep doing Marvel movies like uh, Idris Elba or it was a situation where um, she didn't want to continue on without Chadwick Boseman or some kind of stuff but right before and it, it's another reason why I'm kind of glad that we ended up waiting is that earlier this week I think it was uh, when they uh, put Black Panther Wakanda Forever up for streaming they also put up the assembled behind the scenes documentary for the, the movie and we get to see you know a lot more of the uh, uh, rationale for why things are the way they are and Bassett was taken aback when she realized that she died and it she had to like give herself some time to like let that sink in and recognize what it meant for the greater motion picture and make her peace with it. She clearly was not ready to be done with this franchise, so it's not a situation where she wanted out. She got you know pushed out, unfortunately. Yeah, thumbs but you, down. But Fix it, me. Fix it was hoping Fix it wanted her to be the new Black Panther. Oh, absolutely. And I agree. I wanted her to be the new Black Panther. I, I wanted her to be Storm twenty years amazing. ago. You know, I thought that would have been a fucking amazing if she was the Black Panther and Shuri has to learn from her. And and my and the funny thing is what you were talking about earlier. Mac, I was like thinking the movie should have been see a new young print forces are coming out of everywhere to get to him and grandma steps up and becomes the Black Panther and again she gave birth to a panther she loved the panther she had the closest connection to the panther and I was like I, in my eyes I was like that's the movie I want to see yeah that and, and then great maybe have her stroke out from the heart-shaped herb after she defeats yeah, Namor I mean, or something something like it. that but she's but she's defending and fighting for her family but she Not, dies saving she Riri saves. she dies saving Riri Williams dude <laughs> I'm like come yeah. on man like oh it, it just it wasn't it didn't get it didn't hit me the way i think it was supposed to hit me you know what i mean oh absolutely uh, but she's so good in it like i can't uh, this movie has a floor just because in my opinion she rocks this movie so well that and i would honestly say that bassett was wasted in the first movie i think i had that complaint when we recorded on it she obviously is allowed to do a lot more of this movie and the movie benefit from that totally 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 um another thing do is it weird that namor tells shuri that he wants to go to war with the surface world right which we knew at some point this was going to come up right because he's namor that doesn't happen for an hour and 23 minutes into the movie is that a mistake or is that about right like I feel like this movie drags its feet sometimes for being as long as it is and I feel like we should have got to the point that Namor's unhinged and wants to go to war with the surface world a little bit before an hour and 23 minutes into the movie that's after he's already uh, like she's been captured for 30 minutes at that point before that conversation comes up like I don't know I just it, when, on the rewatch today when I was watching it I was like man I was like where are we at and I hit the pause button I'm like bro we're an hour and 23 in before we find out sort of Namor's background motivation and and I just I think that that's too late. I, I I feel like that this movie needed to have picked up the pace a little bit more in that respect, because I think it is sort of I don't know. I, I feel like they, they they dawdle on what Namor's true intentions are. And there's too much like, I don't know. It's like flirting almost like, oh, we got Namor here. We got Namor here. And it's like, let's, can we just get let's get to this? Right. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it just seemed an hour and 23 for me felt weird. I, I don't know that I have the same issue as you for the same reason as you. My thing is that the Wakandans are doing what 
what they're doing in response to what they've been told that uh, the Kulkani want done and what uh, Namor wants done. So they're operating in good faith, you know, to the best of their ability with their kind of suspicious nature to try to just make some kind of a peaceful accord with these guys and and maybe to they maybe they do feel a little bit guilty about messing stuff up for somebody else that's similar to them. So I, I think that if you if you reveal where Namor is coming from too soon, then you aren't able to play the Wakanda and you're not able to have them questioning you know, their own path. And I think that part of the point was them figuring out what are we actually going to do? What are we willing to do? How far are we willing to take this? How much can we trust Namor? I think that that needed to be there. So I don't have a problem with that so much. It's that once they reveal his grander scheme, they don't give enough of a rationale for why he has that scheme. And the rationale is too similar to Killmonger, almost like he's Killmonger too. Namor is his own character with his own motivations that are well established in the comics. You know, when he first starts wanting to go to war with the surf world, it's because we pulled shit and pissed him off over and over again. And we see that rationale clearly. We see a little bit of that in this movie in terms of he just despises how the surface world treat people and, and specifically treats his people. And I'm sure he sees, you know, the, the descendants of his people, you know, in, in, you know, I, don't, I guess it's 18th century by that point. Um, so he recognized the Spaniards for, for the, being the bastards that they are, but that doesn't, ex, you know, extrapolating that to being at war with the entire world doesn't really make a lot of sense. You really need more motivation for him to be, you know, that vindictive. And we have that in the comics and we really don't have that in the movie. So it's not so much that it's too late. It's just, it's not poorly, it's poorly motivated within the context of the movie. Okay. Well then, well then I felt like when he says it, it then you were holding it back for some reason. So he didn't say it to, he didn't even say it to like, uh, uh, name Maria. Is it name? What, what do they call her in this movie? It's Namora. Not Namora. And, well, and it's an important distinction to make too, because this might be something you've missed because you've been out of comics since we've had Namora. So Namora was always there. She was a character that came, goes back to the 1950s and they did have her in, in Submariner comic books in a small degree in the Bronze Age and then uh, maybe even in the Silver Age. But that character wasn't a major thing until going into the 2000s when they brought back a bunch of these 50s characters as the agents of Atlas. And especially I think at that point in time, Namorita may have actually been dead. So these are two separate characters. And so I want to make sure it's clear that Got it. the Morita isn't in this movie. Namora from the 50s and returned and thought that's who that character is. Who's a more, I want to say, was she like a sister or an aunt or something? Fix it. Do you have any insights on Namora? No, I, I don't think so. She was one of, she was just someone who I, I'm assuming worked her way through the ranks to get to like certain I mean, the, in the comics though do you have any oh, the, I, I don't remember in the comics at all dude yeah at all I don't and, remember and I, one of them she had like I, blonde hair right in the comics she does but uh, that's another thing too is I want to say isn't Namorita either a clone of Namora or a clone of Namor like, oh I it, don't know yeah it's, it's very complicated so they they went with Namora um, and as far as her relationship I, I feel like if she's called Namora well then again he's hundreds of years older than anybody so it, it would make sense it'd almost be like Maria you know being named after the Virgin Mary you're so many generations beyond when Namor was born that it would make sense for you to have a Namora you know so never it, it, you don't need the familial connection necessarily Namora is her yeah. cousin in the complex according okay. to uh, Wikipedia here. Um, but no, so what so is what Namorita bro I don't know man she's not okay. in the movie it doesn't matter moving on okay. moving on so but but my point is that he doesn't mention even to her right so then when he drops the bomb I want to go to war with the surface world they didn't even do like a music crescendo so uh, that's what i'm saying it, it, was it supposed to be impactful that it's not i'm scared of the surface world coming to take our wakanda to know he's actually vengeful and wants to go go on the offensive they don't that's what i'm saying they, they don't sell the motivation well here's but the they thing. hold it back for an hour they hold it back for an hour and a half you have a sequence it. where ramanda and shuri are mourning the deaths uh the death of t'challa and they're out in the, in the wilderness right and namor says 
says, hey, I heard you talking about how you want to see the world burn. You're so angry and upset about what happened with T'Challa and stuff. So they're trying to build off of that. Like he sees a kindred spirit in this person who is on the path of Killmonger, which they established when she gets the heart-shaped herb, right? So I think that on the page, it's there. The problem is they, that it's not sold in the scene. When she says that, I remember when I saw it at the theater, I'm like, that's not Shuri. That's not the Shuri we've seen in any of these other movies. That that re- reaction really doesn't make sense for her, especially because T'Challa dies from a, an ailment, a disease. It's not like somebody killed him and she's angry at the world for you know what it did to her brother. Um, she doesn't have a motivation to be angry at the entire world beyond just upset that her world is being upset. And because she's not shown as a, a character who's motivated by anger at any point over since her introduction in these movies, I don't buy her talking that shit. And, I, and so Namor trying to feed off of this phony bullshit manufactured motivation for her character and character arc I, I think it's on the page but it's not on the stage I, I don't think got sold properly in the beginning so it doesn't resonate when he tries to drop the hammer on that and I almost think that that's one of the reasons why they don't have this thing I think they know they don't have it they don't have that footage they don't have the performance they need to sell that and so they undersell it uh, so that you just hopefully will forget by the time you know pew pew zoom zoom you know yeah well and the fact that they know that in this movie it's not going to come to that no at no point yeah. is Wakanda well, or it, they're never going to fight any surface world so we're just going to drop it and I was just like eh. for that being one of Namor's big things in the comic books I was a little disappointed that you know no one's shocked this dude wants to war the whole freaking planet it's, if it's Michael like, nah, B. Jordan whatever. had talked about burning the world then yeah you could totally see where these two guys were like you know are we are we brothers yeah we're brothers that's what we're supposed to be seeing with him and Shuri and she just cannot fucking sell that at all and so it just has no impact yeah yeah no okay so we I think we kind of get to the same point but we get there different uh, different ways alright let me see what else do I have here to talk about um, well, okay. while, you, while you're doing that um, yeah. you know after uh, Fix It saw the movie we went out and we had uh, dinner and we talked and he was telling me all the things that he was really excited about now so far you've talked about how you were not very happy with any of the stuff that was happening in Wakanda right was there any of that stuff sure. that was actually good for you or were you just waiting for your name or part uh, like what did you think about the funeral I mean, I mean, what I like did you think about came back. I like when okay. Killmonger came back well, you, and cool. you mentioned that but we're, you're talking about something that's like three quarters away from the movie how about the first hour you know was any of that shit anything that worked for you did you like any of the interactions any of the, the uh, uh, development because yeah, I don't remember really. I don't remember you talking about it then either so I'm, I'm, I'm confirming yeah. I don't think you cared very much about anything that happened in this movie that didn't involve Namor and his people am I True. mistaken in that I, I, I wish honestly I wish that we'd seen more Mbaku and we saw in, <laughs> we got the play. Mbaku. A- H- having watched Black Panther recent, you know he is not in that movie very much at all he's basically three scenes roughly you know he's he's the challenge uh, when they when they find him on the mountain top and then the final battle he's not in the movie that much and, but he has such a presence in that first movie he's in the new movie a whole lot more than the first movie I don't think he's as well utilized and I think he's way too subordinate to Shuri um, but I, but he is in this movie way more than he was the first movie Yeah, but I, I wanted to see his because now he's in this really strange spot where he could take over if he wanted to but he's so loyal to the original Black or Black Panther who passed away that he's going to defend and protect Shuri which I thought was of- really weird too it's like I, I know that they do the whole thing where he's like a, a, a heel face turn you know where he's yeah. supposed to be the guy that everybody's worried about and this adversarial presence and then in the second movie he's like well I promised your brother this and I promised your brother that and all this kind of shit and it's like part of the fun was him fronting about being a bad guy and then it turns out he's actually like got a heart of gold where he's all yeah. heart of gold this movie and it kind of makes him a little bit of a puss it, it makes him a little bit like he's been stepped on he's like their, their bitch and it's like that's that, that takes away from what was cool about him in the first movie I would agree with that yeah I mean he just I don't know he, he did seem a little out of character I mean he is a little bit in the comics power hungry mm-hmm. I mean he's and a full on fan ape he's one of the main villains the Black Panther fights throughout the Bronze and, and Silver Age you know yes but besides that yeah no 
there was nothing that was like, oh, this is a bit. I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Well, and I do remember you talking about how you uh, heard the theory that all the women were going to be Black Panther, and you were into that as well. Oh, I don't remember that. I might have read that somewhere, or somebody fucking tweeted it, and I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. I really wanted Angela Bassett character to be Black Panther. Uh, and she she looks so it, incredible, and she's such incredible been... shape. Sorry. No. Did you lose? Did you talk, Mr. Fixit? Did you just hang his fucking phone up? Um, Mr. Fixit, you there? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you yeah. now. Yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, I mean, I mean it, it, that's kind of a cool idea if she would, you know, if all the women got a little bit of the Black Panther root, but then that would have been, they would have been the same as the Atlanteans pretty much, right? Well, I mean, it, it would have been a little bit better of a fight, I would say. Yeah, we're talking about the same shit over again. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, just in case, okay, go ahead. Yes, Diablo Frank, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, uh, the other thing was, uh, it, it, this is something I really want to make sure we touched on, is Fixit was talking about how this movie and its representation of uh, no, Namor's people resonated with him. And I, I'd like you to kind of monologue on that a little bit because I, I, it was impactful for me to hear you say that when we were talking previously. And I, I want that to get on the record as well. Well, I probably was drunk on the movie at the time. I mean, it, it was it was neat to see, you know, all these historical ideas, you know, how, you know, they, they, I, I loved all when they went to the indigenous people, you know, where they show his mother and they showed the temple in the back. And, you know, they, they play up the fact that, you know, I mean, to me, the weirdest thing was the movie really and it is the downfall of Wakanda because of Black Panther's hubris, where he wanted to share the, the vibranium with everyone, and, but at the same time, you know, he was go- they were going to reach out and and they were going to be this positive force, but not realizing, well, there's other gr- there's other civilizations that maybe are connected to vibranium that didn't have a voice in this decision. Like he threw it out there, and now everybody wants vibranium. They don't want to they don't want to share it, so they're going to look all over the world now because they know it exists somewhere, and that's going to fuck with somebody else. And so that's what I like how they brought in Namor and his people. Namor and his people they're cool. They're just chilling in the water. They don't they don't need anybody there. You know, you do you, we do us. And basically Black Panther's hubris is what started this war. Because he wanted to prove, you know, oh well, we have it and we're gonna better mankind because we can do it better. Um and in a way, I, I kinda get Namor's he does he, he only wants to go to war because he doesn't want them trampling up. They already pollute the oceans. Like if you look at it, he, he kinda considers the oceans his territory, which means that he pretty much rules a majority of the planet. And so everyone's pretty much crossing his territory constantly, polluting his territory, dropping bombs on his territory. Um, you know, I, I got that. I got that. Is that what you were asking about? Or? Well, the, the ecological themes as it relates to Namor and his aggression against the service world, that's something that's really been shown in the comic. I don't think it's in, in any way addressed in the movie. And I think that's one of many ways in which the Atlanteans are given short shrift in this adaptation. But no, what I was specifically pointing out, you mentioned being drunk on the movie. One of the things I really loved about your talking about, about the movie at the time, you were ecstatic. What you told me was you finally understood how black people felt oh. watching the first Black Panther movie to see your people represented in this fantastical oh, yeah. setting and as this formidable force, you were just ecstatic about that. Well, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that because when we first saw the Black Panther movie, we were all kind of like, yeah, that's fine. But I, I have friends, you know, of African descent and they were all just like in love with the movie and I couldn't get it. And I'm like, yeah, it's Black Panther. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's different. And they're just like that. I, you know, I see this, this, this. And I sat there and I, I couldn't grasp fully their enjoyment of it. And then when I saw Noah Moore, I'm like, I get it now. Like, it's cool watching, you know, the dynamics of your family on screen and people that look like you on screen and they have powers, they're special, uh, they're not weak or, you know, and it was kind of like, okay, that, okay, I get it now, like that, and, but I've been getting that more and more lately with a lot of the, the more, you know, female positive characters, like I told you, I have some little cousins that are female and 
they absolutely love like this Marvel and they love uh, Captain Marvel movie. And when we watch the Avengers Endgame and the the female group comes together of all the the, the female Avengers, they just they they're glued to the screen a little bit more now with them. But like they love that because they see something about themselves. So I was like, yeah, that was really I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, and you're really excited about and the hand just, gesture. And it's not just Luis. Well, no, it's cool because it's not just you know Luis from Ant Man. You know, right, right. Yeah, I, I fully agree on that. But I remember you being really excited about the hand gesture and wanting to do the hand gesture all the time. You yeah, love yeah. all the Mayan well, uh, stuff that was in the mix. I, well, because I liked how they incorporated it. Because, you know, Wakanda's have the, you know, cross your arms and Wakanda forever. So I was kind of like, huh. And so when they did that, we're like, you know, this is where they greet. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, the, the are you get? I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then just made me, because I, I remember seeing that artwork in my house. Like, my parents would have, you know, book and, you know, print and stuff up on the walls. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that before on my wall. They never thought about it. And now to watch it on screen, I'm like, and they, in the context they put it where, you know, that's how they greet each other. And I was like, okay, this is definitely, definitely cool. Like, it's, it's going to a different place where I didn't think it would go. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I hate that there was so little of it, but, I mean, you take what you can get. It was a Black Panther movie after all. Well, and, and that's another thing I was curious about, too, is you had that ecstatic response the first time you've seen it. Then you've seen it a few more times. I, did you start to find flaws in it? You know, once once, once you the hangover set in, did you were like, well, okay, but uh, you saw more in it maybe than you, you, the first viewing you saw more than you saw in successive viewings is the impression I'm trying um, to get since you're not as high on it as you were. I, I guess through Mac where his, his, where the first time I was like, I get it. Then now it's kind of like, well, he, you know, he wants to fight him. He wants to kill this little his girl. He's kind of trying to strong arm the Wakandans. The Wakandans don't really know his army. I do. I kind of missed a couple of times where he kind of flexed without flexing where, you know, you have Kring, uh, uh, what's her name? Queen, uh, uh, Ramonda. 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 And Shuri, and the, Shuri, and they're at the shoreline and he's talking to him and they turn around and there's this big massive machine and they're like how did he get here and i'm like you know that's pretty cool flex like he's like i i had y'all so distracted my men literally pulled this giant machine next to y'all and you never once noticed it almost like a, like next level stealth like you will never see us come i thought okay that was pretty fucking cool I, that i took a little more appreciation for that they showed that they could get through their the the wakanda's defenses which freaked them out you know and it was through the water i mean cause, i mean when they attack the city it's pretty brutal they're basically drowning everybody hello yeah no i i, I wanted to make oh. sure we didn't step on you so that you got it all okay. out. So okay. Uh, I'm sure it got picked up in the other recording, but uh, I liked everything they did with the Tolkani. Uh, and honestly, I don't think I said I'd said this before. I loved the way everything looked underwater in this movie. Like I really felt like they were underwater. The way they moved, the lighting on them, it just it all like that slightly murky. Like I feel like whenever they would show Namor's face underwater, there was like stuff in the water, sort of floating past him, like like little you know fucking algae and shit. There were, like the water yeah. wasn't perfectly clear. Like they weren't standing in a room talking together with weird CGI hair floating around. Like I, it, I felt like they were underwater. There's very There's like little light. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I, and so my second uh, viewing of it, I really, really appreciate. It. Like they did a great. Everything underwater looks fantastic in this movie, even though it's obviously all CGI. It looks really, really good. Um, uh, and then I love that you know. Well, uh, but before you carry on, I, I wanted to. Sure. Uh, well, well, did you well, uh, get a chance to watch the dictionary? I mean, the the, the uh, documentary. No, nah, I didn't watch that shit. Anyway, back to what so I was one, saying. One thing, there's there a lot of, hold on, there's a lot of shot fired, it seemed like, because obviously they're coming in the wake of the Aquaman movie, right? And I remember the Snyder bros were trying to get out there and say, like, look how incredible the Atlantis from uh, Aquaman looks versus the the cruddy looking, murky uh, Atlantis from Black Panther. And when you watch the documentary, I, I really had a newfound appreciation for the effort that went into the movie because so much of that was shot underwater and they shot it in part because they wanted to be able to use the lighting that they saw when they were actually underwater to reflect the scenes in which they do uh, uh, dry for wet, for 
instance, and they wanted it to look like we're really underwater. And so it's just two different interpretations, but obviously, you know, DC versus Marvel, you always got to make it the fucking versus thing instead of creative decisions. And this was a different kind of Atlantis, a different view of it, and a more realistic view. And I really respected the performers because they spent so much time underwater, particularly uh, Namor and Namora. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the main guy was able to stay underwater for five minutes, hold his breath for five minutes at a time. Uh, and Namora went six and a half minutes. What? And the guys who was doing the training up for them said that she was the best natural free diver he had ever tried to train. And he was confident he had one more week. She, they could have got her up to 10 minutes. Like they just, what? the fact that these people were able to perform under actual underwater, be filmed underwater for so much of this. And seeing that on the screen after, cause I watched the, the documentary first and then I watched the movie again. It's like, yeah, I've, I've got to give credit to these people. They, they are doing amazing work under extraordinary circumstances. Okay, good. Well then it, it uh, I'm glad that they did that because I, in my opinion, it worked. It, it, I thought everything underwater was extremely convincing. Like I said, like I mentioned, the lighting, it, it, the lighting looked like they were underwater. Um, yeah. So it, I, I didn't give it as much uh, uh, appreciation in the first viewing, but the, the viewing I've had over the last, I think it was like a two part watch for me. Um, I, I just was like, man, I really sold this part of the movie short. And, the, and honestly, it makes that aircraft carrier submarine ending look even worse because whenever they're going in underwater, it looks really good. And then when they're back up on top, it looked garbage. But um, anyway, so I'm down with all of that. Uh, I love that name more is uh, Kul uh, Kul Khan, the winged yeah. serpent god. Oh, that's like perfect because like his shorts have the scales. He's got the winged feet. Like it, it fits in perfectly. To but carry him into heaven. As I said before, they go too far with it where they have to no prize every single aspect of who Namor the Submariner is and somehow tie it to some sort of Mayan legend where it, Namor is no Amor and it's like he's he just squished it together and that's now his name. I, I think that's too far. Um, like did they that's give him- far enough in my way. Did they give him green shorts because he's a Verde Verde bad guy? Like, you know, I don't understand what. Like, the the green shorts are weird. And it's like, if you're going to reinvent this dude, why didn't you just put him in green pants? Why is he in these weird, like, board shorts that are still. So I don't really get why they kept some aspects of the classic 1939 Submariner um, and then went out of their way to change or square peg into a round hole the rest of his whole origin. But they kept the weird. uh, Okay, they didn't make it a Speedo. They made it like a. Weird when, he said, uh, when, he, when he said Namor's famous thing, uh, says, I, uh, what is it? Something Rex? Uh, Imperious Rex. Yeah, uh, Imperious at that Rex. point, at that point, I, it had already hit my other criticism of him in this movie, which is that he never has the, oh shit, Namor's a psychopath moment. Namor's never a psychopath in this movie. He's he's like kind of soft-spoken and uh, thoughtful and like he's got some wheels going within wheels, but he doesn't show that psychotic Namor temper. Where is like, yeah. Na- so it, it, to, to like Namor in the comic is like Tony Montana from Scarface, right? Where he's just fucking coked up. You know what I mean? And that's when he's screaming Imperious Rex with fucking nose candy all over his face while he's like just starting <laughs> to just smash and destroy everything around him. That's Namor the Submariner. So when he like whispers Imperious Rex, I'm like, that's actually perfect because that's exactly who this dude is in this movie. He's not <coughs> screaming all caps of Simonson lettering Imperious Rex as he starts punching the holes, punching a hole through Wakandans and smashing their ships. Like he never goes there in this movie, which again, like I said, I th- and I'm pretty sure we recorded that. That was one of my criticisms too. I, I thought the no amor, we have to do whatever we can to make every single little thing be tied to, I have to no prize the whole freaking thing. Uh, and then also that he never has that psycho, like even, like I, I wanted to see a moment where even his own people were fucking scared shitless of him, right? Because to me, that's Namor. Where even like Atlanteans are like, whoa, dude, <laughs> like take a lap. <laughs> like they take an edge off, dude. Why don't you calm down? Uh, and I never got it in this movie. And that's where I, like, that's what should 
should have been what scared the Wakandans, where it's like, this guy's a fucking nut job. Uh, and it, I never saw it. So anyway, and, and I don't want to shit on the dude who played Namor. I know some people have talked about how he, the dude was like not in great shape. I don't, was it Lou Ferrigno that capped on him for not being in great shape? He's not really in like a, to, to spend the entire movie with his shirt off and basically uh, in short shorts, the dude's not in like amazing shape. To do, like when you compare him to a Chris Hemsworth or uh, even, uh, you know, there's so, so many jacked dudes in these movies who have clothes on. Yeah. For this dude to be unclothed most of the movie, I don't know. I would have the dude get a little more jacked. Uh, but I don't know. He, he seemed cool to me, but I just don't know if he was really right for the screaming maniac Namor that I enjoy in the comic books. But he's also not that guy. So whatever. It's fine. And look, he pushed out at the end of the movie. And like, uh, for somebody who was kind of rooting for him at some point, I'm like, it kind of sucked that he had to like yield and go back to his people. And when Namor was kind of like disappointed in him, I'm like, yeah, I would be too. Like you're, yeah. you're got, you got punked, dude. Like pretty badly. Like she beat his ass pretty bad. Like he was all fucking scratched up. Yeah, he stabbed her. But every Marvel movie, somebody gets stabbed through the ch- the stomach and nothing happens to him. So that's basically like a fucking flesh wound in these movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, I, did, that did yeah. kind of bother me. That he basically put his spirit through her, her abdomen and she was like, this suit healed me and I can still fight. Yeah, like what? what was, I don't know what that, but it's the same thing. I Didn't Tommy McGuire get stabbed through the stomach and Spider-Man, Iron Man's been stabbed. Yeah. Like the, these people all get stabbed straight through the stomach. I don't know what the deal is with. That's like their Star Wars hand cut off in these movies. Somebody just gets impaled through their body and they have to pull whatever got impaled in them. They have to pull it out. Uh, Uber trope. Yeah, yeah. Uber, Uber trope. But anyway, yeah, I just, I felt like, and look, you know, I guess in the comic books, Namor gets kind of shat on quite a bit too, but you know, I don't know for him to represent an entire like, like racial uh, segment of the population to get punked pretty bad kind of sucks in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I did. I I, I didn't particularly care for that battle day where they're like, oh, oh, how we're going to beat him? We're going to dry him out. That's how we're going to dry him out. But that, but that, that's the most, he's, he's working his way toward the water, right? To, to reinvigorate yeah. himself. But he flies around and doing flight yeah. punches at her before then. He could have taken a dip at any time. And he, he waits around until his fucking wings get cut off. And then he's like, oh, I better go get some water now. It's like, and, and she does ultimately defeat him by burning him with the explosion from the, the fucking ship. So it's not like she really beats him. It's a circumstance that beats him. But also, it's stupid that it ever got that, that place because they should have never been anywhere near the water because he could have just taken a dip, come back out and beat the shit out of her. It just didn't. It, it, it was a contrivance of the movie rather than something that actually made any kind of logical sense, particularly where, again, he's flying around while he's punching at her and shit. It's like, the yeah. water's right there, dude. No, I, I agree, and as I was watching it, I'm like, this makes no sense. The dude was on, like, death's door when he crashed to the ship, and then as soon as she comes to, he's just, like, flying around smacking her, and then you're like, okay, well, then he must have got in the water at some point, but they fight for three minutes, and he's totally tapped again, so is that how long he can stay? I, I don't know. Not a lot of detail yeah. given. Um, That, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Again, like, the, the whole last scene of this, the whole last chapter of this movie was kind of eh. Um, but you were talking to Mr. Fix earlier about the stuff in Wakanda that you like and don't like. I thought the the uh, funeral scenes were great. Um, I didn't have any problem with that stuff. Uh, when Shuri's running around trying to save Chadwick Boseman, that shit's legit uh, saddening. Um, you know, I thought the stuff in Haiti, I thought all that stuff was good. I, I liked them. Um, what is her name in this movie? Uh, 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 Nakia? Nakia. Nakia. Huge fan for multiple reasons. Um, <laughs> that guy referenced last time, too. I'm he's, sure it he's is. He's a lovely, lovely lady, yes. Uh, <laughs> lovely, lovely lady. Uh, so everything she did in the movie, fine, great. All the Okoye stuff, loved it. Uh, not, I mean, it was it was good. It was good. So like, yeah, anyway. I think this movie, I don't think it's as good as Black Panther 1. This is not the worst Marvel movie. It's just so fucking long. But I felt my rewatch was not nearly as like grueling as I thought it was going to be. It was actually pretty good. I had no problem paying attention to the movie. Um, will I go watch it a third time? Eh, I'm not sure about that. But like, Quantumania comes out here in a couple weeks, and I, there's no way I'm watching Ant-Man 
the Wasp again. Like, there's zero chance <laughs> I'm watching that movie again. I would watch this movie again before Black Panther 3 comes out. With, oh, with, yeah, no, has yeah, no I, hesitation. I, oh, oh, I got a challenge for you. We tried to rewatch Love and Thunder and only got halfway through it. It had to stop. I, yeah, there's no way I'm rewatching that movie. Um, I do need to rewatch Loki before Quantumania comes out, but that's that's a whole. Oh, absolutely not. That I'm not. I, I might actually try to rewatch the Ant Man movies because I, I want to be able to do why a ranking. Who want to be able to do a ranking? And and because not having I've I've never watched any. Okay, again, I rewatched the Black Panther movies for this viewing, right? Um, I had never rewatched any of the Black Panther movie. You know, I I don't think I've ever watched uh, Civil War all the way through. Maybe one time since theatrical. I definitely never. I've, I've definitely never watched a half dozen times yeah. at least. I, I had definitely never seen the first Black Panther all the way through since theatrical. Um, so for me, I need the the refresher, and I I like I want to be able to look at where they've gone, where it is in a historical context. You know, there's stuff that you don't like the first time you see it. That when you go back and you see the full mosaic, full tapestry, that it, it means something different to you. And so you know, so I I, I need to revisit the two Ant Man movies because again, I've not seen those movies since theatrical. I've seen parts of them, particularly the first one, but never the whole thing all the way through. So I I need to do that just so that I can uh, be able to to really gauge where the movies go over the course of what has randomly become a trilogy of all the movies to have a trilogy the Ant-Man you know trilogy well I mean I've the seen funny thing is we just watched Ant-Man 1 today mm-hmm. I've seen Ant-Man 1 probably half a dozen times so I don't need to see that again um, I'm not going to watch uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp again I, there's I, there's nothing in that movie that I have to watch to watch Quantumania well don't forget she's going to be Ghost is going to be in Thunderbolts too cool that's great probably not going to watch it so <laughs> thumbs up um, whereas Loki was good it's only what five six episodes and that's where they introduce uh, Kang so yeah I'm going to rewatch that why would I rewatch fucking Quantumania or fucking uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp again forget that thumbs down thumbs down um, anyway none of that has to do with Black fucking Panther um, okay did you guys watch the the like four deleted scenes that are up on YouTube or whatever do you guys watch those no because you told yeah. me to watch the deleted scenes and I, so I go to Disney Plus and I watch all the deleted scenes from the first Black Panther movie which were quite good for the most part there were one or two that weren't great okay but, but this I, I is actually, no, wait wait no uh, this is not Black Panther 1 pot, uh, podcast Might, right is, but, but as we a different went movies back here? and rewatched all the movies that's going to be relevant to this movie and the deleted scenes were quite good but then when you go for deleted scenes on Wakanda Forever there's nothing there's just a trailer so other where there was stuff on YouTube there, there, there's a well, like, we're, we're recording now I'm not going to stop everything you can tell us what the deleted scenes were oh Jesus Christ well thanks for watching Black Panther 1's deleted scenes instead of just sending me a text that said hey where'd you see those Wakanda Forever deleted scenes I didn't um, even know you meant Wakanda Forever deleted scenes why would I not why would I not be meaning Wakanda Forever deleted scenes why I challenge you sir I challenge you sir no no you, you literally I said don't forget the deleted scenes after I told you I was watching all the Black Panther stuff no, so no, in no, context no. in context you know fuck off basically. no I said don't forget we now have deleted scenes to watch now because the movie has been released and we have deleted scenes for this movie we now have deleted scenes to know. not we've had deleted scenes to watch for three years we now have deleted scenes okay um, here are the deleted scenes one of them is an alternate, an alternate ending. Okay, it's after Okoye gets capped by um, Queen Ramonda in a stripped of her title. She goes rogue and she is trying to hijack it. She's basically out, out on the, uh, you know, where they land all their ships and shit from all these different movies. She's trying to take a ship because she's going to get Shuri herself because she feels like that's, she lost Shuri. She needs to get her back. And she's confronted by the Dormelage and they're like, you are not taking this ship. This is not your fight anymore. You've been relieved of duty. And she's just basically begging them like, you have to let me take the ship or I'm fighting all of you. And she's literally 
really bucks up to all the Dora Milaje. And then uh, the main other Dora Milaje chick who is in all of these movies, she's basically now, like, yeah. Is, is this, okay, because I've got the cast in front of me. Are you talking about Florence Kasumba, who's been around since Civil War? Yes. Or are you talking about the, okay, and by the way, I still, her look is so fucking badass. I just yes. like looking at her. She is so intense. She's like the personification of the Dora Milaje for me. Yeah, so she, she basically was pleading with Koya, don't make us kill you. Like, you taught us everything we know, but we will kill you <laughs> if you try and do this. So she bucks up like they're about to fight, and then she pleads with her not, don't do this, and then she relents and leaves. And that's where she just basically goes and becomes a citizen. And I thought that was a scene that 100% sort of stayed in the movie. Aside from the fact that the movie is five minutes shy of three fucking hours long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. delete some Riri Williams stuff. Uh, we don't need the Riri Williams dorm sequence. Get rid of that. Um, the next one was uh, they're trying to get the, I think they're trying to erase the plans for the Wakanda, the, the vibranium uh, detector off of Riri's laptop that they commandeer from her warehouse or whatever. So they get, uh, uh, um, what's uh, what's the white dude's name in this movie? Fuck. Oh, Everett, Everett Ross. Yeah, Everett Ross. They get Everett Ross. He goes undercover as Clyde Reston, who I uh, who is British, who I guess is Clyde Reston is from the Shame Chi Shop. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he's the one so, with the mustache. If I remember correctly. Yeah, so he's walking around talking like he's from uh, Interpol, and he although he just looks like himself with a mustache. Like no, he's not, he ain't fuck full anybody. But uh, and it's hilarious because he's undercover speaking British when he is an actual Brit, so it's kind of funny. Uh, so he basically slews his way through. He's he's there to get uh, information on Spy Master. So there's a Spy Master drop, and he's just trying to get the beads close enough to the laptop where they can skim the information off of it or erase it or whatever. So it, it's sort of a longer drawn out scene. They didn't need to have it in the movie, but it was kind of, it was something else for Everett Ross to do because he doesn't really do shit in this movie. Um, the one after that, it is the border tribal leader talking to Okoye saying that now that there's this void of power, he wants Okoye to represent the border tribe at the next waterfall battle to be queen of Wakanda. And she's like, you want me to be queen? And he's like, you've got, uh, you've got the support of the people like everybody loves Okoye right and thinks that she could easily do it so he's basically hyping her up because he's saying I, I think his line because I, I typed it here it says uh, everyone the tribal leader is still afraid of Namor he's basically saying uh, who will, nobody wants to step up to be the next one to be assassinated by Namor so this is after obviously uh, Ramonda's died um, and then he's saying that the tribal leaders don't trust Shuri to be queen because uh, of her broken heart and her imbalance or whatever her, uh, her atheism I, and everything else right. and her, her rejection of tribal exactly uh, Exactly. Yeah. So he's hyping Okoye up to participate. I don't know where in the movie that was supposed to be. So when I watched it, I thought that was kind of uh, post Queen Ramonda's death, but pre Shuri is Black Panther. But I watched a, another dude on YouTube who was who just like gave his review of them or whatever, and he just seemed to say like that was close. That should have been kind of towards the end of the movie where they're foreshadowing. Like the they're foreshadowing. No, not the stinger, but before Okoye goes to Haiti because that's the next deleted scene. She meets Shuri in Haiti before she burns her. Uh, funeral garb. Well, I mean, it's, I assume it'd be right before we see uh, Umbaku stand up to be the champion. I assume right, so it, it would lead into that. Yeah. Yeah. So th that could have been it too. Um, and then the last deleted scene is Okoye. Is uh, so when Shuri gets off the bus in Haiti and starts to walk towards the school where um, uh, Nakia is, uh, Okoye was like already there, like across the street, and she's like, "I don't need you to protect me. You don't need to protect me. I'm not a queen or a princess or anything anymore." And she's like, "I'm not here to protect you." <laughs> and basically was saying, "You know, I've got, I've got the." armor now so she's gonna go around and do her fucking thing don't they have like the midnight angels or whatever is that a thing mm -hmm. in the comic books yes yeah that is that is so she's from the Tahanesi coat run if I remember correctly so she she doesn't call it the midnight angels but she says I got this armor now so I'm just sort of doing my own thing 
I'm not here to protect you. But she basically tells her, if you need me, I'll, I'll come help you out with, you know, if you ever need help. Um, so it's anyway, I thought that scene probably could have stayed in there, too, because it sounds to me like the next there is there going to be a Wakanda Disney Plus series? That maybe that sounds familiar. OK, because if so, that's probably what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm yeah. assuming Okoye is going to have a part of that, I would assume, um, running around in her midnight angel garb with the other chick. Um, let me see. Yeah. So that's basically those were the, the deleted scenes. I thought they were all pretty. There were none of them were like hokey dumb, except for the one where home, home dude is uh, running around as Clyde Rest. And that was a little hokey. But mm-hmm, yeah, um, the rest of them were all really Okoye based. So I personally, I think they probably should have stayed in there, but um, and found something else to get rid of. But Mr. Fix, you didn't see those on YouTube? Yeah. You did see them? I don't, I don't yeah, YouTube. Okay. Did, did you? Yes. Uh, the Evan Ross one, you're right. It was kind of long. I think it was as long as all the other deleted scenes put together, which was already a bad sign, right? Now, the one with the alternate ending, that wasn't, uh, uh, it was Shuri, but it wasn't, what's her name? I don't see, I didn't see when there was an alternate ending. What are you talking about? It's the one where Shuri's going to go see the baby Black Panther. Uh huh. And, okay, then I guess I saw a different one then. And there's a, somebody from Wakanda there, and she's like, I'm here, I got your back. Da, 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 that was what I just back. said. That's a Koye. That's not a Koye. Rewatch it, my friend. It is not a I mean, I watched it like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> it's I'm watching it right now. I'm watching it right now. So we'll post the link in the chat, dude. No, nah, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it some other time. I, I I already you know. It's like it's like five minutes of deleted scenes. It's not you're, it's not like you have to block out a whole fucking hour to watch these. Eight, They're very short. Minutes, it's like eight minutes. But well, it's eight minutes. Right. I don't know. It's eight minutes. What the ever? No, I'm not probably right. I am one thousand fucking percent right. That's Okoye. She's just dressed in civilian garb with her hair up. Oh, okay. Come on, dude. Um. Okay. So uh, let's get closer to wrapping this up. Diablo Frank, you haven't talked about what you thought about this movie. Talk about it. Yeah. So I've, I've had problems with the Black Panther franchise. I had dreaded going back and listening to the podcast we did on the first movie because I'd always felt like I'd gone hard on that movie. And especially when I rewatched it, you know, I, I liked the first Black Panther movie, especially on rewatch. And I was like, man, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and walk back some stuff. I was way too hard on this movie. And I went back and listened to the podcast and realized I really was. I, I think that it was it was fair. It, what had happened was I went into the Black Panther movie wanting more of the Christopher Priest run. I wanted an actor to actually play Everett Ross instead of the shitty character that Martin Freeman has continued to play in these movies and I, I just didn't get that I wanted a movie that was going to be funnier and the first Black Panther has its moments but it's really not very funny and so a lot of it was me going in there with expectations the Black Panther movie I wanted was not the Black Panther movie they gave to me but also I recognized that I was yucking some people's yum I know how important that movie was to a lot of people especially in terms of representation and so I'd always regretted you know to the degree to which I did criticize it but really I don't think I was that hard on it when I when I re-listened to it but knowing that, I, that this movie Wakanda Forever was 1000% not the movie I wanted because the movie I wanted was going to have Chala in it and he wasn't going to be in this movie so I knew that I was going in this movie with a firm bias and you know I, I had hoped at one point that it was just going to be you guys talking about it and I just wouldn't get involved because I just had that much of a reservation about seeing that movie and you know I did see it theatrically I'm glad I did I, I think that I got more out of the theatrical experience I paid more attention I was more immersed in the movie I, I gave it more of a chance as well and what I found while I was watching the theatrical version is I was surprised at how well it was working and in particular like I, I still don't like how they got rid of T'Challa because it's, it's bad enough that he's no longer Black Panther and he's no longer alive in the movies but especially when I think about like say William Hurt who has also died and I don't think that they've done any kind of preamble for him I don't think they've dedicated anything to him they immediately went out and recast another much more famous actor not that William Hurt was an unknown or anything but they went out and they cast Harrison Ford to play the same character in another movie and we're going to continue to see Thunderbolt Ross appearances but we're not going to get Black 
Panther appearances? That's just so like, where do you even get to that from? And also rewatching the movies, we already have the art where the Black Panther dies, he's dusted, and you've got a five-year leap where, the, where Wakanda has to exist without him, and then you have his resurrection along with the other half of the universe, and in the glowing beers from the fucking Doctor Strange movies, and he's back again, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's like, yay! And then he's fucking dead again? They already told that fucking story. And this movie could have been what happened in the blip. He's gone, and it's what happens to Wakanda while he's gone that five-year time period. Yes, you would have had the issues they had with Black Widow, where everybody's like, why are you telling this movie now? Because at the end of it, we can recast Chala and treat Black Panther as though he's on a even level with guys like Superman and Batman, who are constantly recast because the character is more important than the actor. And I'm not diminishing the tragedy of the of this man's young death. I'm not diminishing the fact this is a, this was a great thespian. This is a guy who could do all these incredible accents and had these these incredible roles that he played and immersed himself. That's why he was cast in the first place. Uh, and and Chadwick Boseman, by all accounts, was a good guy. I remember for a while there, there was a, a joke going where he was clearly seeming to be tired of doing the Wakanda Forever salute for everybody. And everybody's like, he's over it and he's probably wanting to exit the world. He's that. like, he felt like, he, no, it wasn't. Well, I was reflecting what they were talking about on social media where people kept talking about him. And I thought that was odd. Yeah, it seemed like he was wanting to get out of the role and stuff. He's like, no, he was dying from fucking cancer and it was probably exhausting for him to do Wakanda Forever to every fucking buddy while he's struggling in private with this horrible disease. So, you know, I, I, I'm not diminishing. I'm, I'm so glad that they gave him the, the honorarium at the beginning of the movie where it's all him in the Marvel Studios uh, uh, portion. Uh, you know, I, I respect that and I appreciate that and I think they did a really great job with that and he deserves that acknowledgement. He deserved all the variant covers. I'm, I, we need to remember that this guy passed. I get that. But the character of T'Challa and the character of Black Panther, he's like the first black superhero, one of the first ones. He's one of the longest lived, the most successful. He was in a billion dollar movie. There was a dream to people who never even read a comic book, never saw a cartoon. Seeing that many black faces on a screen and that kind of fantastical context was so meaningful to people. Go in there and kill him again after he'd already seen that happen in another fucking movie. And I'm and I look at social media and there's all these people talking about it. You know, it was a total training thing, you know, recast Black Panther, recast T'Challa. And there's especially a lot of black men who's like, do you care about T'Challa or do you just care about the actor who played him? You know, you got these people who are fans of the character who want to see that character and what he means. And all those little black boys wearing those costumes on Halloween should continue to have their fucking hero and not make it all about almost commodifying his death and, and hyping up this fucking sequel. Oh, you got to see it. It's a cultural moment, just like the first movie, because the Black Panther's dead and what are we going to do now? It feels almost predatory and it's also so fucking short-sighted and I, I'm still of the firm belief that we're going to go through the multiverse saga, we're going to go through Secret Wars and at the end of this we're going to recast all these characters. Iron Man will get recast, Captain America will get recast but in this moment I don't think it's helpful, I don't appreciate it and it's not the movie I want to see. So I'm going into the movie biased but as I'm watching it I'm surprised at how well it worked and it works because even though I, I resented the the way that the, the Black Panther seemed to be less in control of his own first movie and having to share that movie with a whole bunch of other people. I recognize that in building Wakanda and in inviting so many black women actresses to, to portray these great characters in this country, it very much enriched the country. And the fact that those characters are strong enough, especially not only after Black Panther, but also all their appearances throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, watching Infinity War and seeing Okoye give that disgusted look to Bruce Banner, the Hulkbuster armor when he trips and stuff, those little moments or when she teams up with Black Panther 
Panther or, uh, with uh, a Black Widow to go against the, one of the members of Thanos' guard and stuff. I love those characters, and it, I'm glad that those characters were enriched over the course of all those movies, beginning with Black Panther. And also, uh, I, in rewatching the movie, they were not nearly as heavy of a presence as my mind made them out to be. Black Panther still gets plenty of cool moments. None of it's as cool as what happens in Civil War. None of it's shot as well, because again, we've mentioned this in the first podcast, the Russos are just much better action directors than uh, uh, um, like Ryan Coogler. Yeah, Ryan Coogler. Coolidge. But I did get a great Black Panther movie in Civil War. It's not as much of him in that movie as I would like as well, but we get to see Black Panther be cool. That's awesome. And there's enough cool Black Panther in the first movie that I don't resent all these other characters being set up there because they're having to carry this other movie. And I think that they do a really good job of it. I just fucking love Okoye. And Shuri, when she's in her you know traumatized mode and she's trying to save her brother and then she's crying about not being able to save her brother. I'm not super into that. But during those sequences, she has Denai Guerrera and Angela Bassett there supporting her and, and uh, Winston Duke when he shows up as M'Baku. And so you have all these great characters and all these great actors doing these awesome performances. And it's like, I'm shocked at how well this worked. And yeah, it's a contrivance to bring in Riri Williams. And yeah, I'd already heard going into the movie that sh- there's too much of her. But I thought it actually worked when they're on the campus. I like the way the actors are playing off each other. I love the back and forth between Okoye and Shuri. And, and we started to see the old Shuri that I like. Because again, I like Shuri. My girlfriend liked Shuri. She was cool in, like you said, the Mary Sue, where she's the, the one person who's so brilliant that she's going to give guys like Tony Stark a run for his money and actually be mocking him and shit. I, I like that sarcastic, you know, Shuri. And that character was starting to come back from those sequences. And I was just shocked at how much I was enjoying everything. And everybody was working well off each other. When they go back to get the the uh, junkyard Iron Man suit and the, the, get in the car and have the whole action sequences where they're going up against the cops and they're going up against the Atlanteans. All that shit was cool. I was digging it. I was surprised at how little problem I was having with it. Even again, when you introduce a new character who's supposed to be the next Iron Man, seemingly, I thought that if you're going to do that, they did that about as well as they could have. And even when they would bring in uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus as Val- Valentina uh, de la uh, Fontaine, um, I, I recently watched the uh, pitch meeting uh, on that where they were making fun of like how, or no, or maybe in Honest Traders, I don't remember which, but they were basically trying to say that you keep trying to make Julia Louise Dreyfus happen, she's not going to happen. It's like, I think she's been great in all these movies. I've enjoyed her cameos in all this, these flicks. I enjoyed the way that they were having her play off of Everett Ross, and especially once you get the payoff that she was playing him the entire time, and then a lot of her weird, aggressive stuff with him being her ex and them fucking and shit like that. She was doing mind games on him the whole time where instead of being just, like, extra, I had dug all that. Oh, so for that first hour, I'm with the movie. And then, an hour in, all those people are gone for a while, and it suddenly is the Nakia movie, and it's like, well, I like Lupita Nyong'o. I don't like her performance or his character as much as I like a lot of these other characters, including Shuri, to be honest with you. So I'm not like, okay, well, we're going to do a different thing now and, you know, they're captured and blah, blah, blah. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with her investigating. Of course, that's where they get into Namor's backstory or no more in the context. Fine, that's cool, whatever. I'm still all right with the movie. I'm still with the movie. When they're doing all the stuff that's underwater and they're having uh, Shuri relate to Namor and him start to do his plans, well, his plan's stupid. The entire plan is stupid and so I'm having a little bit of issue with that but it's fine. My main problem is that Riri Williams has gone from a fun, you know, sassy, you know, super intelligent character to like a fucking caricature from old movies. She she sounds she was like something out of one of the scary movies, right? Where she's like, "Don't leave me behind." Oh, I'm so scared. What are they going to try to feed me? What are they going to do to me? That that fucking like it's a ghost, you know? It's like it's a fucked up old timey stereotype to have black people afraid all the time. Especially, and I didn't like that. I didn't like her character suddenly transforming into this other thing, and it felt like maybe there was a draft break somewhere. But then they get them rescued, and and we're back in Wakanda, and it's like, okay, well maybe this is going to be all right. But then the movie is shifting more and more to be about Shuri and what Shuri 
Wolverine's gone through and how she relates to Namor and her fixing, getting the heart-shaped herb uh, recreated and going on her journey. And I agree. I think possibly the best scene in the movie is when she's in the astral plane with Killmonger and realizing the dark path that she's on, have that dark moment of soul. I dig that. That was really fucking cool. It was a great way of getting Michael B. Jordan back in there. And it's a great reminder of how much charisma he has and how much presence he has. Not only is he a great villain, but honestly, what it makes me think of is like, this guy is way better Namor than the guy they cast to play Namor. Like this, this the attitude that he's got, that charisma and that intensity, I wish the guy they cast for Namor had that shit. I, w- I keep thinking about the jokes we were making about how Jason Momoa was playing Namor in the Aquaman movie. And again, this huge physical presence and it's, you know, super ripped and, you know, a guy who's comparable with all the other guys out there. It's another thing that bugs me about uh, Namor, but not just Namor, but a lot of these other characters like uh, um, uh, Shang-Chi too, where it's like, we're getting in a bunch of uh, representation now. We're getting a bunch of people that are non-white actors playing non-white characters. And we were trained to watch all these other guys in these movies get super fucking yoked. And Thor's enormous, Cap's enormous, even fucking Doctor Strange and and uh, Iron Man have to get ripped. You know, they're pretty cut for guys who really don't need to be cut. And then all of a sudden you have a, a, a representation where they, they don't have the same expectations. It's almost like they're showing us a version of, like, like, like they don't feel like they need to, to make them step up in that same way. It's almost like we have to have our golden gods as the white dudes and then everybody who's not white, it's okay, just work out a little bit. You don't have to do the ridiculous diet. You can continue to eat pasta. It's a weird, like, why aren't these guys having to get cut the way Michael B. Jordan got cut like Killmonger for us, right? And this is where the worm turns because it's then I'm realizing that all these people are getting stripped away. They kill off Angela Bassett's character. They exile Okoye. You just have Nakia in there. And I like Lupita Nyong'o, but Nakia is not the more compelling character amongst all these other characters from the first movie and in this. The more it's on Shuri's back, the more I realize that Letitia Wright cannot carry this character, cannot carry this franchise, cannot carry this movie. The thing that she's good at, the part that she was cast for is Shuri, the sassy, super intelligent, younger sister. She's not cast to be Black Panther. She's fucking, looks like she's built like a number two pencil. Um, It, it looks like they they CGI'd the cock off of Namor and put it onto her bony ass uh, to try to fill her out a little bit. Oh, no wonder she got hurt in the fucking movie. It, it's amazing that she doesn't fucking snap into under any circumstance. Even the fight where she's with Namor, it's constantly her like trying to evade blows instead of landing very many blows. She's just not physically impressive and she does not have the charisma. She does not have the personality. She's supposed to be tasked with this this dark arc of her going into the Killmonger route and you never buy it because she can't fucking sell it because she's not remotely the caliber actress of any of the other people who around her. She can't fucking do it. And so once you realize that this franchise is going to be built around showing Shuri's Black Panther and she's a shit Black Panther, then it, it even it makes this, this movie seem more foolish and more ill-considered. We don't need her to be a Black Panther. We need T'Challa and we're not getting that because of bullshit fucking games that Marvel is playing. Um, and then of course it also, while she's not captivating you, you get to spend more time thinking about how awful Namor's plan is, how they felt they need to kill off uh, 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 Angela Bassett and, and weaken the movie in service to building up Shuri as being the new Black Panther. How shitty does Wakanda look that the minute anybody knows they exist, they go through three fucking regions in a row, like within a few years span of time. These guys look like fucking suck it. So not only do the Atlanteans look like shit because Namor is a nut job who has moronic plans, makes no fucking sense. They're going to put the, the country under Shuri, the, the person who's, you know, who is intelligent enough to do this, but is emotionally unstable because the movie's decided she needs to be. And it just does not have the presence. And also these guys just keep dying. Like maybe you do need to go to one of the other tribes because the, the people in this tribe just can't seem to stay alive, you know? Um, So it goes for a movie that I'm really enjoying and I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying it to just the fucking 
slot. And there's a key moment when, as you mentioned, when when Queen Ramonda fires Okoye. As I'm watching the movie, especially those sequences where uh, Okoye is playing off of Shuri, I've always liked Denai Guerrera ever since she was playing Michonne in Walking Dead. I'm also very attracted to her. I love that she wore those tight, tight pants throughout the Walking Dead series. And But I'm watching this movie and it's like she's got all the physical action. She, she's someone who's always trained with weapons. It'd be so easy for her to just be Michonne with a spear. She's not. Those are two different characters. They're played very different ways. When she gets fired, the mix of hurt and, and horror and, and sadness, all that stuff plays out on her face. I, I got fucking chills. I, I, I was watching her in, doing this performance and like, I love this actress. I love this character. I, I was so with her in that moment. And then she's gone. And it's Shuri. And I resented her so fucking much for taking this movie away from these actors who were doing, they were killing. Angela Bassett's killing. Denai Guerrero's killing. And they kill them or they exile them. And it's all about fucking Shuri. And again, I watched the movies. I think she's great in the earlier movies. I have personal and philosophical issues with Letitia Wright. I admit that there's some bias there. But if, if she had pulled it off, okay. And then she was pulling it off in that first hour. It's like, okay, this might actually work. And then once it's all her, it fucking just ruins the movie, you know? And and all I'm doing is sitting there picking apart the, the flaws and rewatching it. I finally just stopped. I knew I needed to take a break. I was falling asleep, honestly. And so I ended up watching the last 40 minutes today because I just couldn't finish it yesterday because I just wasn't that interested. And it's just another instance of Marvel continuing to flail in phase four and continuing to think that they're going to be able to continue their mojo while they're taking away so much from us. When we lost Iron Man, when we lost Captain America, I, the one thing I kept thinking about is we've got Black Panther. You can, you can, you can, Black Panther can carry an Avengers team and you can just build a bunch of people around him. And we've lost Black Panther. She is not fucking Black Panther. And I just resent the shit out of the attempt to make her something that she's not. And also, honestly, because I thought that while I like all the accoutrement, I like the thought that went into building out uh, the, the Atlanteans. I, I'm not impressed with the actor they've got for Namor. I'm, I'm not impressed with the way that they, they show these characters and, and their, their murderous in, uh, inclinations and stuff. They're not, it's not, I, I'm glad that we've got like a super powerful, super capable uh, Latino group within the Marvel fantasy universe. I wanted to see that. I I'm, I'm, I appreciate that they did that, but they're not shown in the best light and they're run by a nut job with, who makes shitty plans. So it, it's kind of a, a potential yum there for my own self. So I, I didn't want to go hard against the movie and, and there's still good stuff in the movie, but there's just so much shit that's just misguided. And I think the, the whole premise is misguided. Just recast Chala. And I guess we're going to have to wait for the whole fucking multiversal saga to happen until that happens. Or we're going to another shit movie where they're trying to make Letitia Wright carry a movie that she can't carry. And again, all the shit with the Midnight Angels got tiresome. I don't want to see a Koye running around in a fucking suit of armor. I don't want her to be the war machine. I want her to be the Koye that I'm into doing a Koye type shit. I, I, it's just, I don't like the direction. And ultimately, I didn't enjoy the movie as a result of that. There's good stuff in there. But really, if I watch the movie again, I'm going to watch that first hour again and then I'm going to turn it off because I don't want to watch the last, you know, hour and a half, two hours of this fucking movie. Well, I will say that never hadn't, I don't think we ever brought that up. If the option was like, if the question is, should they have just recast T'Challa? I think I've said this a million times. Absolutely. Okay. We don't stop making Batman movies because fucking Adam West died. Okay. No, like we it, don't stop making Joker be in Batman movies when that actor died. Right. When Heath Ledger that. died, they didn't go, well, we can't make any more Joker movies. We got to retire the character. Like they have never done this. And I, I don't know what, I know this is a slightly different circumstance because of how big that movie blew up and how iconic that character became overnight. Right. Uh, and then his death was tragic and it was right before this next movie was supposed to come out. I get it. I, it's weird, but to, to completely just write off 
like we can't even bring him back now because now it's supposed to be handing over to this kid who's like what is he gonna be a young avenger or something you know they're gonna do some bullshit like that with or, it or another 10-year jump and then he it's a grown-ass t'challa to get the fuck out of here no i mean you can do that if then we just pretend like he's just t'challa and we don't have to do any there's no brooding about about how his father died or and we just don't acknowledge it and we, there's just a new grown-up person playing black panther i mean that's fine that, i mean that's better than, than not at all but uh except the yeah. marvel cinematic universe now is 10 years ahead of us 15 years ahead of us right 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 Jesus. so no, no no okay yes if if the alternative was they should have just recast t'challa 100 that's what they should have done but like not even a question at all I, but i just they didn't do it so i tried to keep that out of my mind as i was watching the movie yeah, yeah. and i was able to do that for the first hour when it was better and then it just like fell off a cliff once it became of the shroom show all right guys <laughs> Permanent Marvelite Maximus followers include Angus Rockford, Buddy Morphine and Joyer from the South, Cheyenne Percy, DC Denise V, Dark Enterprises, David X, Fallon Casada, Frogger Vessel of Love, Neil, G at Alligator Doctor, J. David Weeder, Jonathan Ospa Smashcan Comics, Judson Budge, Juliet Desadere, Lily Rose Menendez, Luisin Hosmurf, Mark Bromage, Max Apocalypse, formerly Max Reads Comics, Patrick Calkins, Positively Life Feldian, Rosalind Nolan, Scott Rogers, Speak Comics, Travis Warren, Valentina McGinnis, and Wibbly Wobbly Dicey Wicey RPG Podcast. The only Tumblr true believer was Kasolberg, who liked episode number 109's Tumblr, and now the Wolverine. Keepers of the Favorites Flame, Batman Crime Solver, Brad Lennard, Derek Moreland, he him, Doc Strange, Johnny DC, Leonardo Donar Saracen. Luis Inoffsmurf, Lynn Flynn, MB, Mike at Send Aliens to Me, Nick Spence, Rihanna Mike, Shanna Banana, Siskoid, Tony S, Trekker Talk, Will Fish, and Wonder Talks, a Wonder Woman podcast. Retweet Frantic Ones, Between the Pages blog, CH, and Justice Trek. Nuff Sayers, Del Dracula, wrote, I know I don't know how to use the Tumblr too good, and I'm not sure if there's a Werewolf by Night Tumblr post to reply to. I don't believe there was. Usually not on the movie ones. But I'm working my Rolled Spine podcast backlog and I enjoyed the Werewolf by Night episode and wanted to let you guys know. Thank you. On to the previous episode, Disney Plus Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law Season 1. Canoes wrote, well this should be fun, thanks. Professor Alan Middleton wrote, my wife and I enjoyed the show thoroughly. I'm pretty sure he meant She-Hulk as opposed to the podcast. Dr. Ange wrote, we did too. The ending was maybe too cute, like the fourth wall breaking but ended way too fast after. Everything wrapped up off panel but lots of fun. Unabashed, shulky fan here. The Merry Marching Society of the Marvel Superhero Podcast. 21st Century Boys, Dr. Ange, Billy Hines, Canoes, Chris Lydon, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Dr. Irving Forbush, Dirk Ashton, Ed Moore, Eugene R. Hendricks, voice actor, home studio, Gregory Litchfield, The Hammer Strikes, Random Geeky Stuff, History of Comics on Film, Iowa's Joe Is, The Irredeemable Shag, Jason Snicked Venable, King Size, Comics Giant Size Fun Podcast, Martin Gray, 
Marvel Universe Online Project, Mike Davenport, Randy Caldwell, Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Richard Field, Satin Tights, a Wonder Woman Podcast, Scott X, Sean McLaughlin, Superbound, Talk Nerdy to Me, and Tim Price the Podcrasher. This has been a non-for-profit fan production from Rolled Spine Podcast. Any copyrighted material presented herein are presumed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Be a good advisor. Never, ever Depending on how long we talk, we talked long enough, so none of this has to be in the fucking podcast. But I was sitting, uh, I was sitting at home, and I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can get Chat GPT to write me a review of Wakanda Forever, both positive and negative, and it did. <laughs> but we don't have enough time in this podcast to go into that, so we don't have to go in. But uh, <laughs> was it any good? Uh, let me see. I mean, I can read them real quick to you, but I don't. We, we don't want to put them. the reason I did it was because at the beginning of the movie they talk about AI because she has that bullshit AI she made up, and uh, what's her name? Oh, Mister Fix It Left. That's fine. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Angela. Bassett's like, I don't trust AI or whatever. And I was like, oh, we've got AI now. I can actually ask AI to write fucking podcast topic. Um, so let me see. I said, um, where's it at? I said, write me a negative review of Wakanda Forever in 250 words. And it says, as an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions, but here is a sample negative review of Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever is a major disappointment for fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie tries to build upon the legacy of the critically acclaimed Black Panther, but fails to live up to its predecessor in every aspect. The film's storyline is lackluster and disjointed, lacking the coherence and excitement of the first film. The characters, while still played by talented actors, are one-dimensional and lack the depth and complexity that made them so compelling in the first film. The film's special effects are underwhelming and pale in comparison to other recent superhero blockbusters. The action sequences are poorly choreographed and lack flair that impact the previous MCU films. The soundtrack, which was such a standout in the first film, is now generic and forgettable. The film also fails to address important social and political issues that the first film tackled with nuance and grace. Instead, it opts for shallow surface level commentary that feels out of touch and preachy. Overall, Wakanda Forever is a major letdown for fans of the MCU and Black Panther franchise. It fails to live up to its predecessor in every aspect and is a testament to the danger of trying to capitalize on a successful franchise without strong vision and direction. If you're looking for a thrilling, meaningful superhero movie, this is not your film. See, my understanding is that it's prone to doing a lot of plagiarism, but it's terrifyingly decent writing on that thing. And I understand uh, too that like, CNET all. was trying to, to uh, like actually have them write their articles and they're, they're having problems because they're constantly plagiarizing from other reviews really? like, no yeah. but it's like when you think about it all it is is it just took a positive and made it a negative like it, it's it's actually not once you read it a couple times it's actually not good at all but it could totally pass for like a yahoo news review yeah. and you could just yeah. come up with, if you can come up with an avatar and call that avatar their film reviewer you could totally pass this off and somebody would skim it and get triggered and go down to the comment section and well, and, and i do think there's a good point made with the music too it's like when you watch the first movie and it ends on all the stars and it's just such an uplifting you know um, to, to hear that song in that context and then this movie ends in like kind of a generic Rihanna song that I didn't realize was a Rihanna song and I can't I can't hum it I can't I've watched the movie twice I don't remember the song I know it's mournful but it's like it's just like a throwaway track for Rihanna where the all the stars is like you know just this incredible song that was a huge hit I don't think any of the songs from this one are a huge hit uh, they had that one cool ass song from the soundtrack when they go to the casino in um, uh, Busan and 
I remember that from the soundtrack album, and I don't remember much of anything from. The, I, I, there were a few decent cuts. I think that the Spanish Tanger song that runs while they're going through the underwater city is mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's weird, but, yeah, yeah, but but nothing. They're like, oh, I got to go get that soundtrack. You know, nothing blowing me away like that one. Yeah, the the King is Dead from the first soundtrack is a fucking banger by Kendrick Lamar. It is a banger, dude. I listen to that song all the time. Anyway, okay, I, I love the one where uh, I would die for you, I would kill for you, I'd bleed for you. What I, uh, was it? Who who does that one? Mm. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's a, it's got such a fucking cool ass rhythm. I love I love the lyrics. Uh, it's probably if not my favorite song, it's my second favorite song on the soundtrack. It, it's a it's a banger for sure. Okay, so here's the positive review. Wakanda Forever is a highly anticipated movie that has lived up to its expectations. The film is a continuation of the previous Black Panther movie, and it honors the legacy of the late Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of T'Challa while introducing a new generation of Wakandan warriors. The film is visually stunning and transports the audience to the technologically advanced world of Wakanda, filled with vibrant covers, elaborate costumes and breathtaking landscapes. The action sequences are expertly choreographed and the special effects are top-notch. You can literally, it's like reads exactly the same except they turn the, the negatives Almost, it seems exactly uh, that. I do have to say, since you mentioned it though, that uh, well, watching that documentary, the thought that goes in the costuming and just the, you, so much of this shit is CGI crap, but the sets that are real and the costumes that are real are so well thought out, so yeah. well realized, just incredible work on that. I, I, again, I had, I, I like the way that the people look, but I didn't realize how much was going into that. And, and how realistic it looks given that most of the stuff is fabricated or it's sourced and, but so so well that it looks completely genuine so uh, just mad props for the costuming the fact that that movie to my knowledge not win a costuming award where fucking Suicide Squad did is a Travis okay continuing the film is more than just a superhero movie it delves into complex themes such as grief legacy and responsibilities that come with being a leader the cast is phenomenal with standout performances by Letitia Wright Ashuri, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia and uh, Dani how do you pronounce uh, Okoye I think name? it's Denai Guerrera but Denai I don't know Gre- Deny, that sounds right. Deny, yeah. Uh, The actors bring depth and nuance to their characters and their chemistry on screen is palpable. The film soundtrack is also noteworthy with a mix of traditional African music and contemporary hip-hop and R&B. The music elevates the film and adds to its emotional impact. Overall, Wakanda Forever is a triumph and a must-see for Marvel fans and movie lovers alike. It is a powerful film that celebrates African culture and heritage, and it proves that superheroes can be more than just action and adventure. They can be a source of inspiration and hope. One of the things I I did like about the picture was Letitia Wright costume for my of it when she's got like her green spy costume on. For starters, the green reflects her tribe. She's with the water tribe. Um, but what I dug was when you would read the Billy Graham comics in the 70s, one thing that was so refreshing about those books is you're having a black man draw black people. And so many of the white artists that try to draw black people in the Silver Age especially would just draw white people and they'd get color a different color. You would not see much in the way of black features, especially in the bodies, maybe in the faces, but not very much in the body. And again, getting commissions in modern times from artists trying to get black people drawn by artists of various races, they either play it safe or they just really, really suck at it. And it, it's a real hassle to try to get black people drawn by non-black people. There's just some kind of weird fucking thing with people's brains where they can't seem to pull it off. So when you look at Billy Graham in the 70s drawing very black people with very black bodies and and uh, just a, a presentation that's very Afrocentric, it, it's so refreshing. But in particular, I, I remember uh, with uh, Monica Lynn where there was a, a sequence where she's in Wakanda with T'Challa and they're like going swimming and they're like on a date and stuff and there's a, a two-page spread if I remember correctly where they show his profile and her profile and again you've got these very well-defined bodies and in particular Monica's got a, a, a really rather nice bootay um, and then I see um, uh, um, Lupita Nyong'o in that outfit and it's like she's got you know little in the middle but she got much back right and it's like seeing that body it's like that's a Billy Graham body that's the kind of body I could accept for a Black Panther and then you got fucking bony ass Letitia Wright 
Letitia Wright, who looks like you could snap her in two, and you wouldn't need. And I almost think that they cast her because he doesn't. He's such a. He's not that big of a guy. He's not that impressive looking a guy. I almost feel like they did a reversal on where they cast Natalie Portman against Chris Hemsworth because he's so tall and she's so small that it just makes him look that much bigger by comparison, more godlike by comparison. I almost feel like they went the opposite way where they got a guy who's less physically in, imposing so that she wouldn't look so pathetic and inferior in comparison to him. And I don't still think it worked. Yeah, I don't know if that was why they cast the dude. I don't know why they cast that dude, but I mean, whatever. He was fine. Okay. Um, except for all the stuff that I criticized him for. Alright, last thing I did for Chad GPD, I asked, give me four podcast topics for Wakanda Forever. And these are fucking terrible. Do you want to hear these? <laughs> okay. First one, what do you think are the key themes explored in Wakanda Forever? What a terrible fucking question. Well, that, that's so basic. Any book report can, that, that'd be the first Awful. thing. Yeah. It's like, it's something from like your junior high English class. They want you to read a short story and give me the key themes. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. Two, how does the film continue the story of Black Panther? What? Uh, three, how does the film address the loss of T'Challa and how does it set up future Wakanda universes? These are just like recap shit. Like, I mean, it's so but that, That's fair. That's fair. That was the better yeah. of the, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, what do you think is the cultural significance of Wakanda forever and the Wakandan kingdom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And I was like, that's one where you could probably actually start a discussion. The other three are kind of, uh, they and, become, and that, that is another point that I wanted to get to and I forgot about is that uh, I, I was on a, a, a kind of a message board type of thing and one of the guys was talking about how he'd been watching the the phase four and he loved how the whole phase four is about the processing gr- of grief people experiencing trauma and processing that trauma and coming to terms with it and I, I was reading that comment and I was like kind of no shit Sherlock that's every fucking superhero movie every fucking Batman movie every fucking Superman sure. movie every fucking Spider-Man movie it's the opposite of refreshing part of what I loved about She-Hulk was she got her powers and then she tries to continue on with the life as it was realizing she can't do that then adapt and goes home and fucks Matt Murdock and, and finds the best uh, a laugh she can under the circumstances and ultimately improves the life upon the life she had before. That's refreshing. People trauma, traumatize and processing trauma over and over again in everything superhero movies has ever been. And I think that feeds into the superhero fatigue because we've seen that fucking story so many times. We already processed the trauma in Infinity War. Half the universe died. We had to watch all those people die and then we have them resurrected again and then we have to watch them die again and process it all over again. It's repetitive as fuck. I am tired of that fucking superhero movie. If you're going to, oh, we're in every genre. You know, there, there isn't a superhero movie it's every genre and it just happens to be in a shared universe then tell me some other fucking movies besides the same pirate ass and they did this with the fucking Spider-Man 2 where they have to kill off Aunt May and he has to process his grief and move forward and can he still be a hero I don't fucking care slit your fucking wrist Spider-Man I don't give a fuck I'm tired <laughs> of seeing this shit give me another fucking story with superheroes maybe entertain me maybe give me something joyful maybe have their their, their family expand instead of contract instead of killing everybody off for the fucking shock value Fuck off with that shit. I'm sick of That's the kind of superhero movie we don't need any more fucking up. I really don't think that black people need to see another black man die and be mourned. I really think they'd like to see a black man continue to rise and, and take the rest of the world with him and make the entire world a better pray, place instead of just having another fucking mourning session. Fuck that shit. It reminds me of when I watched uh, 12 Years a Slave and that movie was more explicit about the slave experience than pretty much any other movie and, and as a result it's very hard to watch and Lupita Nyong'o's in that too and she goes through horrible fucking shit in that movie and after I watch that movie it's like I don't need to see another slavery movie I don't need to see another holocaust movie I realize that maybe other people need to relearn those lessons because it seems like they're forgetting it or, or they're just going to deny it anyway I don't know if you can get to those people with this movie but at some point it just becomes pornographic it becomes this like wallowing in trauma instead of moving forward past it you, yes you have to acknowledge the, the history I, but 
I don't know. I think there's more value in a fucking Django Unchained where it's like, no, nah, here's this one dude. He fucking gets loose and he starts fucking blowing away all the fucking slavers. And we'll blow you fucking away too if you try to bring him back again, motherfuckers. Give me something that tells me something special, tells me something different, something that elevates rather than just walling in the shit that we've already been through, you know? Those movies have been made. If I if I need to see a Holocaust movie, I, there's Schindler's List is there. I don't need the new fucking one. I don't need the, the you know, I, I don't need to... S- right, right, like Saving yeah. Private Ryan. We don't need another World War II. We don't need, you were done with right. enough yeah, World War II. I, I, I don't need to see Dunkirk. I don't need to see fucking 1917. You guys are just fucking, you know, it's like doing a Beatles cover. It's like, it's been done. Do something else. Find another thing that, that people need to know about. Like Watchmen, you know, with the, the, the destruction of Black Wall Street. Hey, where the fuck was Christopher Nolan with that then? Where the fuck was Sam Mendes with that? You know, tell me that story. That's a story that could be told again or, or needs to be told the first time and, and tell people's awareness instead of going back to the same shit over and over again and just doing it. Do something that's going to help. The issue is he actually fucking died, dude. That's yeah. where I, like, I, they were in a really tough spot or really, really tough yeah, spot. But I, but, and I think they went the pussy route as I think that they were afraid they'd get pushed back and they recast. So they're like, okay, well, we're just going to honor the actor. Honor, 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 honor. So meaningful, so meaningful. And it's like, yeah, but the character's meaningful too, you know? Um, I don't see anybody walking around in these Eternals shirts. I don't see anybody walking around in a Shuri shirt. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing this shit. These heroes meant something to people. I don't think that these current crop are getting over in the same way. So quit fucking killing off the characters that you have until you have something that can realistically replace them. And since the whole point of superheroes is to elevate people and give them something to aspire to, don't keep taking them away from us, you know? Especially Black Panther specifically. I agree a million percent, dude. I agree a million percent. It's re- It was really fucking unfortunate, but um, you, you just gotta get fucking Val Kilmer or George Clooney. You gotta just get the next uh, T'Challa. And it really sucks. Um, and honestly, look, dude, <laughs> they should have done the same shit with fucking Tony Stark and they should have done the same thing with Captain America. Uh, like, you know, you hear these people who are all like, jazz, this is off podcast topic, whatever. These people are all jazz, like, ooh, what if they get Henry Cavill to be Hyperion for the uh, Squadron Supreme? And I'm like, that shit sounds fucking amazing. Fucking do it. Except he's going to be fighting Shuri and whatever the Hawkeye replacement chick is and like Evangeline Lilly. Like, that's who's le- like, you're forgetting that those characters are gone. Right. It's not going to be Henry Cavill against Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans they're gone like it's it's fucking it's gonna be Sam Wilson against you know what I mean like right so then no I'm not excited about it at all and not in the slightest bit I'm not in the slightest bit excited and and that's actually one of the things I was thinking about is like where I'm at would say phase four it's like oh I'm still really excited about stuff I'm really excited for Armor Wars because it's got Don Cheadle an actor I love playing a character that's been well established for decades at this point we're going into the second decade now Um, I'm not excited for fucking Riri Williams I'm excited for for Iron War Machine, right? I- I'm looking forward to Secret Invasion, which is going to star one of my favorite actors. We have all the actors, right? Yeah. I got Sam fucking Jackson. Now, are they going to kill him off and replace him with his daughter in that? I don't fucking know, but I kind of feel like probably some sh- shit like that. His so trans like, cousin. Right. So it's like, uh, how much longer can you play this out? Because it's still running on few. Like the only character they've entered. I-, I like the new Black Widow. I like the new Hawkeye. I, I like uh, um, um, uh, She-Hulk. It's not like I hate all these characters, but are they the Avengers? I don't know. You know, it's like, I don't know if they're going to, these are, this is enough to carry a franchise. And I'll still see the Avengers movies with these guys, but I'm not necessarily going to go off on their solo projects. I'm not watching fucking Ironheart. I'm not watching, I might watch the Wakanda show. Did you mention that? I'm, I'm not sure how far along that one is. I'll, I'll continue to watch the Captain America movies, even though I'm not into uh, Sam Wilson that much, but they're going to be dealing with Cap shit. So I'll watch that. You know, it's uh, it's very much like I used to be able to support a whole universe, and now it's still going to be cherry picking. And I'm, I'm much more, like, it used to be Black Panther would be 
a, a must-see. And now it's like, well, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. If, if it gets to that point with Black Panther, a lot of these other guys are in trouble because I'm just not going to show up for a lot of these guys. I'll just wait for that shit to stream if I watch it at all. Yeah, and it's, well, but look, dude, it's it's the characters. It's why DC makes Batman and Superman movies for fucking decades and decades. It, at some point, it is the characters. You know what I mean? Um, and they just burned through these guys. Not They didn't burn through them too fast. I mean, it was over a decade. But at some point, this is now the pitfall of wanting this continuing universe that has constant continuity is that like human actors age out <laughs> you know what i mean and well, contracts that, and get too expensive and it's like well, what the fuck are you going to do what, what's your protocol is your protocol is we recast them and continue doing iron man stories and we do it iron man 9 iron man 10 iron man 11 or do you go we're gonna make fucking riri williams work and uh, i mean i just don't think that's what you well, should be doing I, I, no. and honestly i think what it is i think they just view it like 14 it's like at some point michael jordan's gonna have to retire regardless of how great he was and at some point you're gonna have a LeBron James come in and succeed him, right? But there was kind of like 20 years between those two guys. And there were a lot of guys who were big in that, that time period between the two. But LeBron seems to be the guy who's gotten the closest to a Michael Jordan level and you have this huge gap. Or like with wrestlers where it's not like, yeah, you cycle through wrestlers but it seems like every 10 to 15 years you have a period where it's really hot and they got a lot of good guys and people are interested. And you have this long fucking dry spell in between them. And like with wrestling, since some of these guys went off and became actors, I can't name any successful wrestlers for most of this century, you know? Most of those guys are actors now and I don't know who's wrestling anymore you know and it, it's not like I was ever that huge in the wrestling anyway but the relevance of wrestling starts to abate when you don't have that next generation I don't know who that next generation is because they're not in the movies apparently you know I think Marvel thinks that they're gonna they've got this inexhaustible bench or they're gonna be able to cycle through it's like well they saw the X-Men coming back they got the Fantasy Four coming back but the X-Men were kind of exhausted to some degree by Fox I don't know if they're coming off the bench as vital as they think I think that the X-Men are more like you know Jordan after he went to baseball and then he came back with the Wizards and shit. It's like, I don't think you're getting peak Jordan even, even you know, he used to be Jordan, sure. Yeah, it's a big deal he's coming back, but you're not getting that Jordan. You're getting the guy who retired and came back, not peak Jordan anymore. I think that's where like Wolverine is now. You're excited to see Hugh Jackman come back and have him go up against Deadpool. And of course, they keep talking about like Taron Edgerton replacing him in the MCU, but it's like Wolverine doesn't matter as much as he did back when yeah. Hugh Jackman played him. You know, that yeah. character, you guys intentionally diminished the X-Men for years because you're pissed off that Fox had the right, well, it worked. You didn't put out toys or magazines or or, or t-shirts for years and years and years, so they don't really matter that much anymore. Not, I mean, they still matter. I don't know, but Wolverine isn't Spider-Man like you used to. You, you used to be Wolverine was bigger than Spider-Man potentially, but Wolverine is not Captain America level anymore. I would feel like, you know. No, no, I think you're totally right. And like uh, like Iron Man, I saw some list of like the most popular superheroes, and Iron Man was just like right behind Superman at this point, which is fucking crazy because he's not in any movies anymore. And it's like, what are you what are you doing? Like. You can't, I guarantee you, if you put on a new Iron Man shirt today, it's going to outsell any fucking character that you've had in any of these. Like, it's going to outsell any Eternal shirt, any Ant-Man shirt, any Black Panther shirt. Like, people are going to grab the Iron Man shirt. You well, know what I mean? And it's Black like, Panther shirt is definitely going to outsell uh, Ant-Man and the Eternals and all that shit, yeah, too. Yeah, Black yeah, Panther yeah. is closer to one end of the spectrum than the other end of the spectrum. But they're fucking that up, too. Yeah, and I just, I they, they're going to have to figure something out. I think you called it years ago. They're like, no, no, they're just going to reboot this whole shit. They're going to do some weird multiverse shit and just bring everybody back. I think I think it's going to lead into Secret Wars and Secret Wars is where it's going to finally happen. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I want to see Iron Man movies. Like, I want to see Iron Man movie. Make me make an Iron Man movie. But I, say, of- I, I really do think that War Machine in the Iron Man role in Armor World War still works. Yeah, no. It, yeah. Uh, look, I'm not shitting on that at all. I'm I'm down for that. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I don't have like tons of. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what they're fucking doing. But like I, even 
Hulkamania. Like, I'm just not like, what day does that come out? We got to make sure we get a babysitter for that day. I'm not really there anymore. Well, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm there for Kang. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And, and really, it's not like I'm a huge Kang fan either, but Jonathan Majors playing Kang and what he represents being seemingly the next Thanos. I, I think that he can bring the game to make that happen. And I want to see if he can do it. I think he can, but I could be wrong. Uh, they may not give him the opportunity to do that. And I'm curious about Modoc as well. I'm not going to the Ant-Man movie. I, uh, surely I was not going to go see the Ant-Man movie. Part of what's getting me in there is hoping that um, we get to see some more of uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and some more, you know, it seems like this the family movie where it's the Ant family, you know? I want to see them make Janet not suck like they did in the last movie. You know, I want her to have yeah. an opportunity to not suck. Um, and I want to see how Kang turns out. That's what I'm going, plus I'm understanding is the scale of this movie is supposed to be like ridiculous. Like they feel like yeah. they need to make like an Infinity War level event out of this Ant-Man movie, which I think that that's maybe the intention. I don't know if that's going to be the result, but I'd like to see what they, if they can pull it off or not. But I'm going for Kang. I'm not going for Ant-Man. And honestly, if this had come out after Endgame, then yeah, this would be a potential billion dollar movie. That's five fucking years ago, man. Yeah. How long do you think you're going to be able to ride that? You know, or, or like the fact that the next Avenger movies are going to be directed by the Shang-Chi guy, a guy who made what a lot of people think is the best movie of phase four, a movie that was definitely entertaining to a lot of people. But this was a modest COVID era hit and they're putting the franchise in that guy's hands. I don't think it's going to work out the same way when you had the Russo brothers make what arguably the greatest superhero movie of all time or one of the top five in Winter Soldier and then do Civil War, Avengers 2.5 and then get the Avengers franchise. You're going from Shang-Chi to the Avengers two part two movies of the Avengers. That's a real fucking bold move. That's a lot of trust. I don't know what I saw on the screen. Uh, it, it vindicates that decision. It validates that decision. I don't know which second unit is going to be directed you know, by people who were on those other movies that aren't named the Russo brothers. Um, but it's like, I, I'm not, they're, they don't have a James Gunn right now. You know, it's like, they really feel like they're running on fumes. And I don't even, I think they still think they've got the mojo. I, I mean, I do think the fact they decided that Black Panther was going to be into phase four is a recognition that there's some course correction needed. I don't think they appreciate how much fatigue there is and where the wall can end up being and how much, how soon the wall could, could hit, you know, people can hit that wall. You know, I think a lot of people are racing along the side of that wall and it's just one bad turn and they might smack into it you know and then well let's see what they're doing over there at dc with that superman movie you know yeah the box office i'll be, I'll be curious for this uh quantumania box office it'll be well, and honestly I, I think of avatar is a very interesting thing too because we were all laughing at avatar and now that's one of like the top five grossing movies of all time you and i did not have any shits to give about that neither one of us went to see that i don't think any of well i think fix it went to go see it um uh, i don't think, I don't, think did. He, I don't know if he did yeah when he and i talked about it he was like ha ha that movie's fucking failing. I, he said that there were people who went to go see it and they just like walked out of that thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, it seems like it's got some legs, dude. <laughs> like, I think you're being a little, uh, they said it's doing like what the last one did where the first couple weeks that people just didn't jump out there and then word of mouth convinced people like that's what we need to go see. And that's exactly what fucking happened again. And next thing you know, it passing infinity war and it's like, yeah, Oh shit. Yeah. Like I, I don't get it. I feel like it's yeah. something's rigged. Well, I mean that I, I think that there's a hunger for spectacle. And, and I think there's a hunger for something that isn't this gigantic shared universe where you have to have seen 15 other movies to get what the hell's going on. And I think that Avatar is serving that need. And the fact that that audience is still there for Avatar tells me that that bodes ill for Marvel and DC both. Because I think the general audiences are starting to get tired of this shit. And, uh, you know, Black Panther did really well. but And it did eventually become like the top movie for Marvel. But it's not going to be the top movie for 2022. And it's falling short of the first Black Panther. And it's like it seems like the diminishing uh, result returns are starting to set in, you know, 
you're still getting the B, but it's a weaker B. And how long do you get to keep the B? I'm satisfied. Like if they just are like, you know what, uh, Feige, you're done. We're not making any of these fucking movies, or or you know what I mean. Like I, I'm. Fine. Oh no, I, and I that's think fine. that's part of the problem. And I've heard that a lot uh, uh, in in especially some of the circles, like the comic book circles. There's a lot of people who's like they finished the story. I'm done now. Why are yeah. they still making these things? They finished the story. I'm out. I'm done. You know, or they're or they're watching this one here, that one there. I'm not seeing the. I gotta watch every movie anymore at all. I don't think any, only the most hardcore people are still watching everything anymore. And the, the Disney Plus shit really killed a lot of momentum as well. I just don't think that they appreciate that they how thoroughly they've overwhelmed the cliches and how much more of a minority they they become. Because I mean, there was a time where we watched every fucking Marvel movie. We don't do that shit no more. You know? Nah, nah. Especially in the TV shows. Shit. Nah. Don't. I don't got time. I ain't got time for that. Um. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I said, they still got like I still got Guardians three, and I still got Quantum Mania. There's still some stuff out there that I'm kind of excited about, but you know, like eventually we're gonna run into the Shang Chi twos and mm-hmm. the the Marvels and shit like that, and I'm just like, I yeah, I don't think I want to make it to the Marvels. I mean, nah. I, I know they did a major course correction on that one, so maybe, but I I really I, that's a that very much feels like a movie to stream. Yeah, uh, and then like who knows what the fuck's going on with Spider Man now? <laughs> like, does anybody know what's fucking going on with Spider Man? Like hey. the last one made a billion. Why are they not fast tracking the next one? Instead, you're uh, like, no, they are, they are, they're, they're, are they? they're already working. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. that's. Yeah. I don't know All what right. the fuck that's supposed to be. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't know if they're going to explore the Sony-verse or what. I mean, it seemed like the whole point of the last movie was to exile Spider-Man into another part of the universe, you know, uh, to not have to deal with him in the Marvel MCU anymore. So it's like, okay, so now what are you going to do? Are you going to give Sony more ammunition against you? Uh, are you going to have him team up with Miles Morales? You know, what was the plan? I, and I, honestly, given how mum they are, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're going to fucking mash up into the Spider-Verse and and live-action Spider-Man. You know, because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what they do if it's not like going to get tied into like Secret Wars or something like the, it, did he go to did he not go to the Sony universe and he's actually in like the X-Men universe he's going to hang out with Wolverine I don't know what the fuck I feel like they have to have some kind of weird askew thing like that because yeah. you go you go into the trouble of sending him into a universe where nobody knows who he is anymore and, and like I mean then again you don't have Thor join the Guardians of the Galaxy and then dispense with that in the first five minutes of the sequel you know it's like I, do they even know what the fuck they're doing it's seemingly not increasingly so not I'm with you man 